just tweeted a picture of us not too long ago of a donkey with a coyote in his mouth. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Maybe they're not bait. Maybe they're security. (laughs) They're goat bouncers. He's not just some jackass. Right, exactly. (laughs) Arizona police hunting for a suspect who's been running around sniffing the laundry of strangers. Uh, One guy who lives next door said, quote, just hopped back there and started smelling laundry. Not good. It's a pervert smelling laundry. I am a pervert (laughs) smelling laundry. (laughs) Those people have to get a donkey. I mean, seriously. (laughs) Keep the perverts away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Send finally, me a picture of a donkey with a pervert in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's three minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 62 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Xfinity from Comcast. I'm Val Porter. Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh is facing a new allegation of sexual misconduct. The New Yorker reports a woman named Deborah Ramirez claims Kavanaugh exposed himself to her at a party when he was a freshman at Yale. Ramirez says the incident happened at an alcohol-fueled dorm room party. Kavanaugh said in a statement the allegation is a smear, plain and simple. And a White House statement also said it was a coordinated smear campaign by the Democrats. Police think an out-of-control driver landed his car on the roof of the Giant Eagle in Greenfield early Saturday morning. And if I remember correctly, this is not the first time this has happened. No, this has happened before. Uh, it happened near the intersection of Murray Avenue and Loretta Street. Police say the driver may have been intoxicated while traveling at a high rate of speed on Greenfield Avenue. The driver couldn't negotiate a bend in the road and went airborne, landing on the roof. Fortunately, nobody was injured. A school bus driver in Indiana is under arrest after allegedly allowing students to drive the bus. The bus driver is 27-year-old Joe Andrea DeHaven McAtee and was arrested on Friday and faces a felony charge of neglect of a dependent. Police say McAtee allowed an 11-year-old, 13-year-old, and 17-year-old to drive the bus short distances in rural Valparaiso, Indiana. Other students were on the bus and some recorded that incident. Sure, you know, just a little... Why don't you kids paint the fence for a little while? Being busy may help people make healthier choices. Researchers at INSED and other business schools say just the thought of being a busy person is enough to promote better self-control. In a study, researchers put participants through situations where some were made to feel busy and others weren't. They found that the ones who were busy were consistently more likely to make virtuous decisions. They say the study proves a heightened self of, uh, sense of self-importance causes increased self-control. I thought they meant healthier food choices, which when I'm busy, I make the worst food choices. I think the absolute worst. (laughs) Because normally you have to do it on the fly, you know, quick, and there's just not a lot of healthy options that way. No, not a lot of healthy drive-through options. No. And I've been kind of like, I had like some stuff in my kitchen redone. I had to like kind of live out of the basement fridge Mm -hmm. for a while. Like I didn't have like a kitchen. And the choices I made just on that, uh, by going and buying pre-made food. Yep. Ooh. It's yeah. it, there are not there's not a lot of healthy options that way either. It's not the worst, but No. It's yeah, close. It's... You can see the worst from there. <laughs> My uh yeah, it's not far. Um you're at the fence waving at it. <laughs> I uh the other day in an attempt to be healthy with 
take home like prepared meals mm-hmm. from like the giant eagle. Mm-hmm. I was eating turkey breast and shoving dry spinach in my mouth. Dry oh. spinach. Yeah, deconstructing a sandwich. Yeah, I didn't have bread. <laughs> I just had like they have these roasted turkey breasts, like yeah, not yep. the mm. not the lunch meat. Got kind. those before. Yeah, and, you know the kind they put it's in the, in the cooler. prepared oh, food section. Yeah. yeah, and it's like you know it's nice. It's, it's like, like they made a turkey. turkey. Yeah, yeah, they made a turkey, mm-hmm. and so I'm having some turkey and I'm shoving su- uh, spinach in my mouth. It was terrible. I mean, it was terrible and unfulfilling, and probably not as nutritious as I was telling myself it was. Nah, but wasn't that bad. I have to actually say that's pretty good. I know, but who wants to do that? Nobody. Well, nobody wants to. To your point, much easier to just be like, I'll have a number three. Right. You can eat that with your fingers while you're driving. With a Diet Hold Coke. Hold the cheese. Let's do this the healthy way. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a well-behaved dog? Well, you're probably a happy, relaxed person. According to a new study, dog owners with high levels of stress don't have a relaxed relationship with their pets. So that, of course, increases the anxiety in dogs, causing them to act out. On the other hand, happy people enjoy their time with their dogs, and those dogs respond by being happier and more well-behaved. I don't know. I mean, I'm a pretty high-strung person, and my dogs all were pretty chill. Yeah? So I'm calling uh, BS on that. My husband would tell you that is dead on. (laughs) Yeah? He thinks that I get nervous, and so then the dogs get nervous. Well, the one dog, not the other they one. They mirror your uh, yes. your mood? Yeah. That, I know they, they, they feed off stress. I yeah. do. Yeah. And that's not healthy. No. Doc, well, because they, they, they're empathetic, they're, they're, man. Yeah. Yeah. And he when the when uh, Gina was really sick earlier this summer, he said, he knows you're upset. Gino knows how upset you are. You have to calm down. <laughs> Oh, poor He's like, Mom, you're giving me an ulcer. (laughs) And you chill out. On top of everything else that's wrong with me. (laughs) A house with a clock in its walls is the number one draw at the North American box office, which I never even heard of. Never heard of it. Like last Thursday. Never heard of it. My daughter, we were looking at movies because we we wanted to go see a movie this weekend. She was like, oh, I want to see the the... Whatever that movie you just said yeah, was. Yeah, House with the Clock on the Wall. Never heard of it. It's uh, Jack Black is in it. I think Kate Blanchett maybe is in it. You didn't go see it? No. Don't. I thought it was a news story about that one couple that had a clock in their <laughs> wall for 10 years. No, this is like a, about it. a fantasy, a fantasy uh, science fiction type. Ah. Harry Potter, along oh, those okay. lines, that type of movie. Uh, it took in $27 million its first week in theaters. Uh, that's not a ton, but not enough to make number one. Uh, coming in a distant second was a simple favor, which made just over $10 million in its debut weekend. The Nun came in third. It's grossed about $100 million since its release three we- weeks ago. That was followed by The Predator. Crazy Rich Asians, still in the top five. Good for Asians. <laughs> Crasians. Um, Crasians. <laughs> uh, speaking of sci-fi... There's a new show on Netflix. I don't know if you guys saw it. It is awesome. It is called. I'm, I'm like not a sci-fi I don't know. person. What's that? I'm not a sci-fi person. Me neither. But what is it? It's called Maniac with Jonah Hill and Emma Stone, and Carrie Fukunaga directs it. The guy who did season one of True Detective. Mm-hmm. And it is like he's a he's a crazy rich Asian. <laughs> he's crazy. Uh, but let me well, tell you something. It, what's the plot? I don't really know yet because it's very <laughs> well, hard to figure out. But it is so cool. You will love it. It's 80s. It's like very much like uh, playing Stranger on the Stranger Thing. Things. But oh. like it's not specifically 80s. 
it just has a very 80s look it is like is it's it almost like monsters? blue velvety weird oh, it's it's got well, a lot of weird stuff in it but it's blue really fun to watch weird. What's that? Blue Velvet is very weird. Val doesn't need to watch a show like that. Think of her dogs. That's Seriously, true. They don't. I don't want to upset your her. dogs. Don't watch it. <laughs> I finished Ozark last night, season two. I think great. Did you? I finished it. Wow, up. you got through that fast. Well, I couldn't really. I had to kind of not move a lot. <laughs> so sitting in front of a TV, my back was all messed up. So when we got back from uh, when I got back from Radiothon, I was like, I turned it on, mm-hmm. and then I just watched like three episodes in a row. Just so not good. moving, and that kind of so put me good. towards the end. Good season because I haven't even oh, started season it's two yet. Great, it's awesome. I recommend everybody if you're into like crime type, Sopranos type shows, yeah, Breaking Bad type shows. So good, yeah. I will say though, I think they stole Jason Bateman's character from Three's Company because I think he's Jack Tripper. Because right when everything's about to go right. Larry comes down and screws it up. Like something is all something screws it up every time, and he has the same very measured response and like fixes it. I know you have to suspend disbelief for shows like that, and I'm willing to do it. But after a while, I just get to sense the patterns. He's like, "Okay, we're all set," and then someone's like, "Not anymore." And he's like, "Whoa!" And then we spend the whole episode listening, you know, trying to figure it out. And then Mr. Roper comes in, and he's like, "You got your rent?" And he's like, "Yeah." And it's you know, Mr. Roper in this case is the cartel. You know, I was just thinking back on the first season of Ozark, not nearly enough pratfalls. I think there should have been more. <laughs> he should have been tripping over the couch every time he uh, walked in the room. You know, sometimes shows do wonders for the area that they're being filmed and everyone's like, oh, I want to go mm-hmm. there. Like the movie in Bruges, all of a sudden, like, you know, spike tourism there by like, you know, 10,000%. No one's going to the Ozarks. Yeah, it doesn't look no, real. The even sun the s- never comes out. Even in the summer. Yeah. Like when it's in season, it's dark and depressing. Yeah. It's, it's like there's no sun there. Yeah. Uh, finally, former Allman Brothers band guitarist Dickie Betts is recovering from successful surgery to relieve swelling on his brain. Betts' website said he underwent surgery last Friday after slipping and hitting his head days earlier. Meanwhile, last month, Betts suffered a mild stroke and was forced to cancel several tour dates with his Dickie Betts band. Reports suggested he was responding well to treatment for the stroke prior to that fall. Cool today, rainy, mid-60s for the high. It's 60 now at DVE. All right, it's a game day. Monday night football, Steelers-Bucks tonight on DVE. It starts at 4 o'clock here, the pregame leading up to the 8:15 kickoff on your radio home of the Steelers. And uh, we've got Jerry Dulac on the show a little bit later on this morning. Jay Recker from uh, WDAE Tampa. Tampa. That's our Know Your Enemy segment. Stan Saverin will be joining us. Benzie's doing sports today. Is that... Is that all right, good deal. Because Mike has uh, traveled uh, late and he's he's basically doing not sleeping tonight, flying back with the team and walking right in and doing the show in the morning. So Crazy. He's a trooper. He is a trooper. Le'Veon Bell, not so much. The Steelers reportedly listening to offers. You know, when I first heard that the Steelers were listening to offers, entertaining, trading, living on Bell, I thought, well, I'm listening to uh, offers from people who want my car, but I am not actively trying to sell it. That's right. There's two different things there. And then there was a follow-up report that said, well, nobody's actually even contacted them. Lev Bell, this is how he's communicating now, or at least we're interpreting his thoughts. Interpreting, not interpreting. <laughs> he, um, I'd like to see someone interpreting. In the Ozarks. That's what, uh, that's what AB <laughs> said about it. 
We're interpreting. We're, yeah, exactly. Love you on build. I we, live in interpreting exceptionalism. <laughs> that was just my ex- attempt to make AB feel more comfortable. I'm trying to meet him halfway. <laughs> the distractions are. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to be distracted by grammatical <laughs> stuff. The distractions are difficult to interpretate. <laughs> what well, is sentence? Lev Bell <laughs> is now liking posts on social media that suggest he's done it with the Steelers. Can we just start over? Can we start the season over? If you do that as a, okay, say in a, a normal workplace, if somebody is liking saying that you you were going somewhere else, who would want you back? Like, well, it, it hit me yesterday that we we are not going to see Le'Veon Bell in a Steeler uniform again, like on the field. He, he's, it's over. His tack- the breakup is complete. I, f- I feel like that. If this were an eighth grade uh, romantic relationship, yes, I agree with you. He's liking posts that suggest that we've broken up. That means we're done. <laughs> but this is not. And that could be negotiation tactics. So, yeah, I'm ready to go. This is not a bluff. Sure. And you're screwed. You better come up with the money. And the Steelers are not going to do that. He, this is one organization this is not Dan Snyder or Jerry Jones or someone who uh, a team who is run by you know ego it's the Rooney way which has been you know proven through the decades they don't pay people like that that is to say out of the you know uh, the norm for that position he wants to be paid for two positions they're not going to do that it's irresponsible when you think about the holes on the defense. Like, to pay somebody on – like, they have yeah. a lot of weapons on offense already. People they've already paid, the, the holes on the defense need to be addressed to, to, to give him the boatload of money that he's asking for. So how could this seems play neglectful. out? If the Steelers don't want him on the field, how could they keep him from going to another team? Well, he can't go anywhere this year unless the Steelers arrange for a trade, which he'd have to agree to, which would be a sign-and-trade. He's currently not a member of the Steelers, but the the team has rights. They own his rights. And there's only a select few teams that have that much cap space to be able to, to get an $855,000 rent-a-player for from week to week. Yeah, Tim Benz filling in for Michael. We'll have uh, more on that coming up. Jay Giles' band gets us going. Yeah, the DVE Morning Show centerfold. That was the start of the point of departure for Jake, the Jay Giles band, and they kind of became less, you know, uh, the blues-based rockers that they were known for in Boston, and uh, more, more whistly, uh, more whistly pop. Yeah, who whistled rock. on that one? Do we know? I don't know, but I know that Paul Simon had his last concert. Well, you know. The end of his last tour, I should say. Right. There's a chance he'll do a pop-up here or there. But he uh, performed in Queens this past weekend, and his wife, Edie Burkell, came out to uh, to perform with him. And, you know, everyone's going crazy at the show, like, oh, Edie's going to sing. And all she did was whistle, me and Julia, down by the schoolyard. Because <laughs> he could not do that here. I don't know if you – you guys, neither of you were at that show? No. no. Paul Simon was uh, had trouble whistling – me and Julio down by the school schoolyard. When it came to that part, everyone was ready for the, <laughs> you know, and he just went out and he's like, 
One of his teeth flew out. I don't know. Like, <laughs> he really should stop touring. He, he, he can't whistle anymore. The bookends of life make it very difficult. You know, little kids have a hard time whistling. Old people, same thing. <laughs> bookends, one of his big songs. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think it's funny every time I like think about Art Garfunkel watching the press for this. Or like if he heard that he couldn't whistle that part well. I can whistle! <laughs> Art Garfunkel whistles! <laughs> Why did he bring me along? <laughs> I don't know why he sounds like Seinfeld upset. <laughs> you know why? I'm neurotic because the Steelers are driving me absolutely crazy right now. Crazy. And they haven't even played yet this weekend. Um, Mike's got, well, Mike is down in Tampa getting some sleep tonight because he's getting none. Uh, or, or last night, rather. And uh, he's getting none tonight. Tim Benz will be filling in with your sports when we return as the Steelers get set for Monday night football against Connor McGregor and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> uh, if we go 0 2 and 1 to start the year, Oof. don't I mean, say it. Prepare. And then next week's the Ravens. Prepare yourself. Another yeah, but- night game, NFL. Thanks a lot. Is Joe Flacco bad? No, he's no. elite. He's back? He's elite. Didn't he have some bad games? Or was I imagining that? Well, they went out and drafted a pretty uh, pretty high uh, draft touted draft pick to replace him. Yeah, I don't know how much longer he is for the AFC North. Tim Benz can uh, let you know about that. Patriots lose to the Lions yesterday, and has been pointed out many times on social media. Uh, Patriots lost to uh, the Lions. The Lions got killed by the Jets. The Jets lost to the Browns. Transitive property theory. <laughs> the Browns are better than the Patriots. This is the America you're waking up in this morning, folks. Prepare yourself. Sports coming up next. DVE. DVE Sports. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuit with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. It's Monday Night Football in Tampa. And Tim, uh, as much as we're going to be talking about the game, Lev Bell always makes news, even when he's not playing. Yeah, he just won't stop. And we have a four-hour pregame show in advance of the Tampa game tonight for the Steelers here on DVE. Why? Because we haven't talked enough Le'Veon Bell. So we need all the time to squeeze it in. Do you think, at this point, any Steeler fan has any patience for him? You know, a small minority maybe, but vast majority of Steeler fans don't care if the team makes a move that financially is not the, in their best interest so long as it means he's gone. Yeah, the only thing I can think of that would, over the Steeler fan base, the large majority of the Steeler fan base, convince people that they want to have him back, if it's some way, shape, or form, they've gotten themselves back on the rails and they get to six games remaining and it's teetering. Like, you know, they're a game and a half over five hundred. You know, with that tie hanging out there. And they're they're floating between falling behind the Ravens into second place and not winning the division and maybe winning the division and making the playoffs. And Connor's hurt, and they really need him to come in. That's the only thing that I can think. But looking at him right now, based on what you're seeing with the jet ski photos. and the He's fat stri- and out of shape. He looks worse than the stripper he was tipping at this yeah. point. <laughs> He's got that much cottage cheese going on. So it is, it is a real... Bad situation. That might be the most shocking part of all of this to me is that he let himself get out of shape. Does he, is he really out of shape or is it just those two pictures? Because the no, one see, picture. No, that's a good point. A lot of people brought that up. Is it just I, the camera adding 10 pounds? Know. Is it just because yeah. he's wearing a life jacket? Is it just because he's laying yeah. back? But like, I need a picture of him with his shirt off holding today's newspaper. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know a proof of life <laughs> with a quarter next to him. <laughs> a proof of washboard photo. Yeah. 
But no, that's actually a good point, is that that's part of the reason why people do think he's out of shape, because to combat all this, and you know he's reading every comment in his Twitter feed, right? Because that's what he does. You have not gotten the response photo. You have not gotten him playing basketball with his shirt off. You have not Mm -hmm. gotten him running on the track. We saw all those photos last year before he reported, and we haven't seen that this year. Why? Because he probably looks tubby, that's why. If there is any validity to the reports that the Steelers are definitely willing to trade him right now, I would think a big part of that is that they've seen those photos, they've had people tell them he's he doesn't care anymore. He just thinks he's getting paid and that's it. I don't know. I th- That's the most baffling part of all of this to me, and it makes me wonder if he's okay mentally. Well, here's what Adam Schefter said yesterday on ESPN that got that conversation going. They are now listening, the Steelers are listening to offers for Le'Veon Bell, who is yet to report to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, it would be difficult to get this deal done. he will be a free agent after this year, and a team would have to re-sign him. They could sign him at that point in time. But the Steelers apparently are now willing to listen to trade offers for Le'Veon Bell. Now, that could be a negotiation play on their part. Yes. Yeah, it could. As long as they're not listening to his rap album, I think... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's fine. Anything else going in your ears besides that is much better. Like the little thing from Star Trek going in your ears, the Captain Kirk worm would be better than his rap album. But he's talking like this is something that's actually turned into an offer and some sort of back and forth between another team. And according right. to the Post-Gazette, there's been no contact. So it's kind We're of funny. We're open to be like, for business. Did Bouchette have the, the no contact story? Was that uh, Fittipaldo okay. actually had it. So they had... This report early in the day yesterday, Steelers are willing to listen, and then the follow-up report, which ostensibly comes from the organization, uh, nobody's contacted us about this. So is that them trying to snuff this story out, or are they, in effect, saying, like, uh, hey, Lev, the door is still open? I I think it's more about trying to control the message from their standpoint, like Bakari leaking it out there and making it seem like the Steelers are the ones that are just sitting back and letting nothing happen. I think the Steelers let the report out there that no one's calling to make Lev look bad. I think yeah. it's gotten to that point. Uh, I think that now, there's that's why there's validity to the belief that the Steelers would make him be on the exempt list for two weeks because, as you guys were talking about earlier, he, he screwed them here. Yeah. You know, him not being honest about what his intentions were after the Todd Gurley contract came down put them in a very, very bad spot. Mm-hmm. $14 million that they never spent in a running back that they weren't going to get in. So now if they were misled by him, why should they make it easy on him to go somewhere else? Right. So, you know, the thing about it is if they were to try to control where he were to go for this year and get something in return, there are teams out there that now have started to make some sense. Like the Niners lost their quarterback and their running back. There's a lot of enthusiasm there for this season. They're trying to hold on to that. Maybe they've got the room to make something happen. Green Bay, you know, there's there's a football crazy franchise that's teetering back and forth as to whether or not they're going to be a division champ again. It's going to be a tight race in the North. Maybe they're interested because they have no running game whatsoever to speak of, and you don't have to play them this year. See, that's the well, other. Well, that's part. the other. You can't deal them in the AFC. It was like, give them to the Raiders. No, you're going to play the Raiders. Yeah. You know, after this week, if you want to give them to the Bucks, yeah, go ahead, give them to the Bucks because that also helps you because they're going to play divisional foes of yours. It would actually help you, behoove you yeah. to give them to the Bucks if he's any good. And he's down there, so it'll be a quick commute for him. Yeah, yeah. he can just jet ski over to the practice <laughs> facility. <laughs> now, as for the game tonight, they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's a very good offense. It's a lot like Kansas City's offense. Two really good receivers, a good pass-catching tight end, a red-hot quarterback. The only difference is they don't try to run. 
You know, the Chiefs at least occasionally try to run with Kareem Hunt. So Mike Hilton talks about how to handle that Tampa Bay pass approach. You got to prepare for both. Um, you know, they, they might have tendencies, but, you know, they, they're always going to go back to the run so, sooner or later. So we feel like as defense, if we put them in pass situations, you know, we, we, we'll feel good about our chances. So we want to make sure we eliminate one side of the of their opportunities. Yeah, I don't know if they're always going to no. go back to the run. They actually only run the ball 2.7 yards per carry. I um, think they'll feel pretty good about being in a pass situation against the Steelers as well. Yeah, they're passing right now. They're just throwing <laughs> the ball there. Like you said, going to the jet ski Tampa's, they're just throwing 10-yard balls to each other to get to the stadium, to Raymond James. They're throwing <laughs> off the pirate ship right now. <laughs> uh, golf, Tiger Woods, he is now a tour champion again for the first time in five years. 2013, the last time Tiger won. Wow. This is his 80th PGA championship. Uh, his comments on CBS afterwards. I just can't believe I, I pulled this off after you know what the season's gone through and um, it's been it's been tough you know I've had a I've, uh, not not so easy the last couple of years and I've worked my way back. Did you see the gallery chasing him? It was insane. It was, it was that, like the Masters. I've never seen anything like that. It was like the Masters in two thousand and one all over again. It was unbelievable. It's like. This is the best thing that could happen to golf. It is also the worst thing that could happen to golf because he is still the story. He will always be the story until someone comes along and seizes it from him. Right. Uh, He's an me- icon. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, who won $10 million yesterday? Justin Rose. Yeah, so he sealed up. The- <laughs> yeah, he was down by like six strokes, hugging everybody and crying. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he was so happy. He was elated and was not even close to Tiger yesterday. It did not matter. Uh, a couple other scores from uh, yesterday to bring up. Uh, back to the NFL for a second. The Bengals lost and the Ravens won. So that's how the division looks on top. They're both 2-1. and one. Ravens beat the Broncos. Bengals lost the Panthers. Detroit upset the Patriots at night, Sunday night football. Uh, Pirates lost 13-6 in the home finale. The highlight of that game was a three-run wild pitch. Did you happen to see that? No. Mm-mm. Pirates have thrown their 93rd wild pitch and three runs scored on the wild pitch. Bases loaded, ball bounces up the that line. Was real wild. Second run comes in as the catcher's going to get the ball. The throw comes back to Nova. He misses the throw, goes back the other way. It was Little League stuff. And the Brewers yeah. go on to win. Penguins lost to Detroit in a preseason game 3-2. to two. Teddy Bluger and Ryan Haggerty uh, got the goals for the Pens in the loss of the Red Wings. The next play, the Sabres in a preseason game on Wednesday. Thanks, Tim. Val's got news coming up top of the hour. What do you have, Valerie? Well, being frugal is a turn on these days, but what's frugal and what's cheap? We'll talk about it coming up. Cloudy, cold, rain, mid-60s for the high today. It's 60 at DBE. It's Monday Night Football. The Steelers and the Buccaneers. Your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Bellalona in Murraysville. 250 Bud Light 20-ounce drafts during all Steeler games. Bellalona. In Murraysville, is your Bud Light Cape Day? <laughs> is that how you're going to say it every time? Bellalona. Because I would really love it if, if that happened. Bellalona. Apollonia. <laughs> it's like, that's the guy's other... Monday night, Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> 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 Bud Light specials. Bud Light specials. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday. Bellalona is your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Jerry Dulac joins us later on this morning. Know Your Enemy with... WDAE 620 AM Tampa's Jay Wrecker and uh, also Stan Saverin in the 9 o'clock hour. Thanks to everybody who made Radiothon a crazy success this year. We're going to recap some of the best moments of this past Friday's broadcast because it was a pretty special day. We ended up with $856,000 thanks to you guys. A new record 
And uh, there were some circumstances uh, that are boring to go into, but suffice it to say, it's even more impressive than the total in terms of how we were able to increase from last year to this year. So we had like a big donation that we didn't get this year right. that we had to make up for. Oh. And we went way above and beyond it. So it was Lev Bell, wasn't it? It was that damn Lev Bell. Yep. Yeah, exactly. If Lev Bell were at the uh, phone banks this weekend, he would have just been at the food part, just just sitting there crushing <laughs> bagels, never answering phones. Eating Lev Cheetos. Bell steals from Children's Hospital. That's yeah. the message. That's what we're that's, saying that's here. That's right. Yeah. That, yep. Nobody's calling Lev on the phone lines at the <laughs> Radiothon either. All right. Lots to get to today. It's a Steeler Monday. Monday Night Football. It's Randy Bauman in the DVE Morning Show. A little bit later on this morning, talking Steeler football with Jerry Dulac, Jay Retcher from Tampa's uh, 620 AM. Their uh, sports talk radio down there is our Know Your Enemy segment. It's Dan Savern in the 9 AM hour. Plus, coming up after 7 o'clock, we'll play you a couple of our favorite our favorite moments from uh, Radiothon this past weekend. Once again, $856,000. That's a lot of cash. Was our total this year, a new record, and it's just an amazing amount. And we can't thank you guys enough. That that is a uh, a truly staggering total, and uh, we're very appreciative and know that it matters a lot. I mean, my brother and uh, his wife are in Children's right now with their newborn. Oh wow! Yeah, really? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I have two friends that are there. Yeah, so it it you know. It's one of those things where having that place so nearby is an immeasurable uh, uh, asset, peace and of gift, mind, and peace of mind, yeah. reassurance. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So you guys helped make that happen. Thank you so much. Um, you know, it, it, it's uglier than ever politically in this country right now, and some attack ads that are happening during this campaign season. I think we're fifty days away from uh, from the next election. Uh, out in Arizona, things are getting really heated. Six siblings of an Arizona congressman are sharing their thoughts about their brother in a campaign ad supporting his opponent. My name is Tim Gosar. David Gosar. Grace Gosar. Joan Gosar. Gaston Gosar. Jennifer Gosar. Paul Gosar is my brother. My brother. And I endorse Dr. Brill. Dr. Brill wholeheartedly endorse Dr. David Brill for Congress. I'm Dr. David Brill, and I approve this message. <laughs> Dang. Someone's feeling high and mighty. Oh, my. I mean, wouldn't you? You I'm, got his whole family. I'm Dr. David Brill, and I just stole that guy's family. That's like like a diss track like we, we haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> now, uh, to, I'm Eminem, and I support this message. Uh, to be fair, Paul Gosar's mom came to his defense. His mom is very much on board with him. The, the siblings, not so much. Mom still likes me. <laughs> he did. I think he did tweet that. I'm mom. See, I'm mom's favorite. Yeah. Very, so family being ripped apart by politics. Six siblings. That's I got to say, I, I am one of six. It is very hard to get all of them against you. <laughs> yeah. You almost always have allies. Right. I, I never go into a battle alone with those guys. I make sure I have at least one, if not two. Two minimum. What happened to this guy? We're not going to do that at Christmas, right? Hell no. All right, good. <laughs> you, you got my back? Yep. All right. That's just smart. F this plan. Yeah. I mean, even if it's like, the, you know, 300 of fam family squabbles, you got to have a little bit of help on your side. 
<laughs> Can't Leonidas your way out of that solo. So, you know, it made us think of Greg Warren, our our, our buddy and comedian, and his uh, idea about attack ads within families. I think I've told you before that my parents uh, are getting to the age where, like, everything in their house is, is broken. <laughs> like, we play chess. What do you mean? Like, just every... There's six pieces missing from our chess set, <laughs> so we replace them with pieces from my mom's nativity scene. Yeah, right. We're, we're playing chess yeah. with a Virgin Mary, goats, <laughs> wise men. My Uncle Cheech. You know, it's like Uncle Earl, that's a pawn. You're not supposed to move him backwards. That's the son of God, boy. Move him whatever the hell he wants to go. <laughs> Show a little respect. It's his birthday. Jesus takes the queen on his birthday. Fella can walk on water. He can damn well move backwards. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> and they're fighting over... Uh, this has been going on for about five years. Five years they've been fighting over the dryer. Uh, my mom says we need a new dryer. My dad says we don't. And the fights are just getting more <laughs> and more intense. And for a while, I've said, uh, I think the next logical step is they're going to start taking out political attack ads against each other. <laughs> <laughs> Colleen Warren wants a new dryer. We don't need a new dryer. <laughs> Colleen Warren wants to waste our money. Money that could be spent on a new security system for this home. <laughs> Colleen Warren wants terrorists to invade our home. This ad was paid for by me because I'm the one with the damn job in this house. <laughs> Jerry Warren says the dryer isn't broken. Just like he said the air conditioner wasn't broken, the car wasn't broken, and our son Greg's arm wasn't broken. <laughs> Haven't we had enough of Jerry Warren? This ad was paid for by Jerry Warren, and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> What I, uh, are you guys? Are you I building did. Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing a ton of reno. You guys should have just had Chip and Joanna Gaines come up here, knock it all out. Yeah, really. In a weekend. I gotta come up with a name for this thing you're building because I don't. It gets every time I talk to you, it's bigger. I thought you were just well, no, about done. No, she, it's in phases. She renoed herself out of her house. She's in yeah. the backyard now. I'm living in a camper. <laughs> Dude, what are and you doing? we have a toilet on the front porch. <laughs> oh well, I mean, not because that's where you go to the toilet. No, just right. because. Oh, I said, is it is it functional? No, it is okay. not. Just Thank sitting God. there. Did you put Did you do the Pittsburgh thing and put put some flowers in it? Uh, not yet. Randy <laughs> Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter, you're out of the uh, you're out of the the camper. Yes. And back in the house now. You know what's funny is that when I tell people, and this is not exaggerated in one ounce. Anytime I tell people that we lived in a camper all summer with two dogs, their first question is, and you're still married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That'd be tough. That's on Everybody the Everybody asks that. That'd be There's nowhere to go. Yeah. Well, you got it it's all taken tight. care of now. We're, anybody yeah, in that loose. anybody in that thing farts, you know immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially that was the, dogs. the dog. <laughs> right. Yeah. You'd be able to pin it on somebody pretty quickly. <laughs> I know it wasn't me. Herp, I can't believe you just did that. All you can do is blame one person can blame it on the dog. The other person always knows they didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to hope that you can somehow, you know, hornswoggle them into thinking that your dogs are over there farting in your camper. Did you get the toilet off the front porch? Oh, a long time ago. Oh, yeah, you didn't put plants like, in no. it? You didn't make it a planner? That was just for a brief 
period. My dad had a planter. He had a toilet planter for a while. It was one of the gardens. There was like a porcelain john just sitting there with flowers in it. When we were at Idlewild this summer, there was a game where it was literally throw a ball in a toilet, and I was like, they just ran out of games. <laughs> they were like, well, we have a bunch of broken toilets. Let's just do a thing where we throw a ball in the toilet. <laughs> Val's got news now. What's up? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Seven degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by BobbyRayHall.com. The Bishop of the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh says he's sorry for not doing more to protect children sexually abused by priests. At a Sunday prayer service at St. Paul's Cathedral in Oakland, Bishop David Zubik added he wished hindsight caught up with him sooner than it did. The service marked the beginning of a year of repentance in the diocese following that statewide grand jury report alleging more than 300 priests sexually abused upwards of 1,000 children within the past 70 years. Bill Cosby may have just had his last weekend of freedom. A sentencing hearing for the legendary comedian begins today in a Philadelphia suburb. Cosby was found guilty in April of drugging and sexually assaulting former Temple University athletic staffer Andrea Constand at his home in 2004. The sentencing hearing is scheduled to last two days, but it could wrap up by the end of today. The 81-year-old Cosby could be sentenced to anything from probation to house arrest to years in prison. It'll be up to the judge to decide whether to release Cosby be on bail while he appeals his conviction or order him handcuffed and taken into custody immediately. I, it'd be hard to imagine that they won't allow him to remain free on bond. Yeah. Why? Because of his age? Yeah. Status. Age. Status. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, anything he gets over a year, that's a life sentence. But, look, you know, th- this is part of the issue with socioeconomic differentials in these situations you know poor people always go to jail rich people never do mm-hmm. i mean i'm having a hard time believing that that he'll ever go to jail yeah. don't you think that half the people are cool with that because they think well yeah i mean i want to keep that intact for when i become a millionaire and start doing this oh yeah because everyone thinks the day i become a millionaire yeah. all those cool rules apply to me yeah i do i get to cash in on that i don't right. want that to to go extinct while uh while I'm still in the wings. But boy, it's just hard to imagine going back at any point in my life and thinking, you know, someone with a portal into the future telling me, Bill Cosby's going to die in prison. No yeah. way. You know, like I would in a million years, you would never envision and that scenario. Sexually, allegedly sexually assault dozens and dozens of women Just over a monster. Decades. Yeah. I mean, do we even have to say allegedly at this point? Well, I'm illegally, I mean, you're going to be responsible. <laughs> it's like uh, David Feldman, a comedian, says it's it's a case that he said, they all said. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or that one. You remember that one? um uh, I think it was was it Time Magazine where it said he said she said she said yeah, she said yeah. she said it was a whole page yeah. of she saids yeah you know those uh, calorie counts on restaurant menus oh yeah they're helpful no not very much a tiny little bit a study found the calorie counts on menus resulted in a consumer losing about one pound over three years but are they Pretty correct. Good. Are they correct? I don't know about I that. I always take them as a ballpark. Me too. I always take them as, wow, that's a lot. No wonder this tastes so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, report the calorie by the, <laughs> count is directly proportional to how good it tastes. The report by the National Bureau of Economic Research found that putting the calories on menus only reduced the average diner's calorie intake by about 44.9 calories per meal 
or just 3%. That's not very much. At all. Seems diners ate fewer calories when it came to the appetizer and entree courses when they saw the number of calories, but not so much when it was booze or dessert. I use them all the time. Even in, uh, we were talking about the pre-made foods earlier. Mm -hmm. I know they screw those up. There was one that was like a rotisserie chicken and they pulled it all for you, which is like, I don't have a kitchen. Like, so I, you know, that's perfect for me, you know? Like I don't, I don't have forks and knives to be. You don't have ripping to pull it yourself. Chicken. Yeah, I don't, I don't want. I, don't, I need someone else to pull my chicken. Pull, bill. The, pull this chicken for me. <laughs> Actually, that's you pay a pretty penny for that. Not in Giant Eagle, and you get <laughs> get advantage points. They do it right out it. at your curb. They do it. They bring it to your car. <laughs> <laughs> they do it car side, curbside. Chicken pulling. <laughs> no, but it said the calories in it. I'm looking at it. I'm like, there's no way. They're not accounting for any of the grease. Maybe you, had a, maybe you had a top-level chicken. Yeah, right. <laughs> you had a top-shelf chicken. Because those rotisserie chickens are awesome, but they're definitely oh, the so skin, kind of all the grease from the skin is in the meat it's there, right? The it's not like <laughs> the grilling part. a chicken breast, though. There hits a certain point, though, where the calorie counter just has to be completely out of your mind. Like, I want it redacted. Because I don't. When, once we get to dessert, I want to be like, wait, how much is this brownie right. volcano? Well, maybe I shouldn't. That is my problem. It's 9,000 calories, it looks like. But if you're probably, if you're eating dessert, you're not that concerned about calories. Unless you're just right. eating dessert. But I do. Else. You should say in parentheses, you don't even care. <laughs> right. You gave up at this point. People talk about binge drinking. I do like the, uh, like if if food were cocaine, like I, I go without for a long time and then I snort it for three days straight. Well, like, you're I depriving just yourself. Going a bender, and then I don't care. Like Food once bender. Friday hits, I always feel like none of this matters. It doesn't count. Friday to Sunday doesn't count. <laughs> See, that's I'm I'm the opposite. Well, not the opposite, but I do up down up to like little up downs. Yeah, not way down, and then just binge. <laughs> See, Randy goes like <laughs> buy the books all week, yeah. right? And then he goes to the casino. <laughs> Yes, I do. Yeah, there's no doubt. It doesn't come Buffet. out till Sunday night. Had it all on black. Let's go. Uh, can this really be true? A focus group in Virginia found many college students who have gotten an absentee ballot don't send it back, not because they're not politically engaged, but because they don't know where to buy a stamp. Then you shouldn't be able to. How can out. this be true? Right. Lisa Connors with the Fairfax <laughs> County Office of Public Affairs said it's not a joke. Students will go through the process of applying for a mail-in absentee ballot. They'll fill it out and then they don't know where to get stamps to. Where do you get the stamps? Oh, at the place where you mail the things? You can hit a button on your phone and ask it where to buy stamps and it'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Just go to stamps.com. <laughs> Down in Stamp Street in the Stamp District. <laughs> and there's so many places to get stamps. Um, I've certainly purchased jeans with rips in them, but I don't th- uh, think I would go this far. A distressed pair of sneakers with duct tape across the toe has sold out at Nordstrom. Uh, they were offering the Golden Goose Superstar yep. tape sneaker on its website for $530. It's crazy. I don't know why the, those shoes, I've seen them, you know, sneakerheads are trading them, selling them, wearing $530. them. $530. It's so dumb. They're, they're all, it looks like somebody with uh, just 
absolutely no coordination, put on a pair of shoes, and then just ran on a blacktop asphalt driveway for an hour and just fell a bunch of times. And The shoe was advertised <laughs> the with ground. the descri- description. Description. Crumply hold it all together tape details a distressed leather sneaker in a retro low profile with a signature sidewall star and a grungy rubber cup sole. That's five hundred thirty dollars. Yeah, it's 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 real dumb. I don't know. Some I don't like to buy stuff that's distressed. You know, I feel like you're really cheating. And you don't it, like the distressed T-shirts? Well, I mean the T-shirt a little bit, but I'm talking about when like shoes are scuffed up. Yeah. Beyond belief, like you have to kind of earn the scuffs, don't you? I'm mm-hmm. old school. I don't know. Yeah. It always looks like you didn't do it, or the rips yeah. in the jeans. You're like, eh, you paid a lot to have somebody else rip those stylishly. <laughs> right. It never, it just doesn't look right. Like, you got to be, I did that once in college. I bought a pair of boots and then tried to, like, just scrape them up. (laughs) Were they dingo boots? (laughs) No. (laughs) What kind of boots A dingo ate my boots. (laughs) Um, I don't know. They were just, like, black boots. But uh, everybody had these, you know, it was, like, a liberal arts college. So all these actors had, like, these black boots that just looked... Yeah. All beat up. That's because they've been wearing them since they were in 10th grade going to coffee shops. So then I was like, I can go to DSW and get a pair for 30 bucks. (laughs) No, you can't. And then just, you know. Rub some steel wool over them. Yeah. Do a handstand in my chimney. (sighs) 92% of Americans say penny pinching is sexy. Oh, yeah. Frugality is hot. Uh, Well, this is kind of a long story. Do we need to cut it short? Go ahead, you can do it. Okay. I just want to do a Radiothon recap before okay. we... Okay, um, so there's a difference between being frugal and being cheap. Okay. Let's run through a few scenarios. Not leaving a tip at all regardless of service. That's cheap. Yes. Cheap. Seventy. only 75% Unless you were like insulted cheap. by the person. Always tipping 15% even if the survey, uh, service is outstanding. People said that's cheap. That's cheap. No, you got a tip in relation to the service. Reusing tea bags or coffee filters? Disgusting. <laughs> Cheap. That's not sure, an option. Yeah. It's not. Oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> Calculating your part of a bill, a group bill to the penny. Oh boy. No, that's cheap. That is, an, it's annoying. That's I can tell you that much. Overwhelmingly, people said cheap. Ballpark it. If Lengthening. you agree to go out to dinner with people, I mean, you might have a three dollar inequity. Well, hold on, because you got that yeah, app. Oh. I didn't get the app. You, you got the pot stickers, not me. Lengthening the longevity of soap by diluting it with water. That drives me crazy. I do that all the time, but it is oh. not because I am frugal. It's because I forget to buy soap. <laughs> well, people say that's cheap. No, just forgetful. <laughs> Looking for de- deals or coupons for all your purchases. <laughs> You're forgetful. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my mom used to do that. She was a big coupon clipper when I was growing up, but never rubbed off Love on me. coupons. I didn't think anything of it until that show Extreme Couponers. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh my God, the savings is crazy. But then that's like- That's obsessive. You, that's who you are. Right. Like that, it's, I don't want- my couponing to be front and center on my personality. People say that is frugal. Watching movies at home instead of the theater? That's just smart. Frugal. Not going in for Me- rounds at the bar? Hmm. Cheap. Cheap. 
Buying clothes at de- uh, department stores like Walmart or Kmart. Frugal. Yep. Regifting. Smart. <laughs> Buying off-brand food items. Oh, dude. My whole life. Frugal. Oh, yeah. Regularly tracking electricity use. I mean, what? I don't know if my dad realizes <laughs> it, but like he created, I think, like a bunch, uh, all of us are uh, like, we didn't learn from his, who turned the thermostat up to 67. <laughs> uh, Instead, we all live in our own, par- you know, air conditioned paradise now, like, because we never want to live like that again. Right, right. Nobody it had no- the exact opposite effect. Totally. It's like, I'm not going to worry about it. I will heat the outside. Yeah. You know what? I'll heat the outside. Global warming Screw is you, because Dad. everybody's mad at their parents. <laughs> <laughs> Only boozing at home. I mean, that Only. You, you're antisocial, you know. Well, people say that's frugal. Stupid. Eating food past that's its expiration date. I mean, I if mean, I forget to buy food, I'll do that. Survey. The survey says cheap. I would say that's frugal. I mean, I yeah, I think that's a little dangerous. Well, no. it depends on how uh-uh. far. It's not. It's not. Nope. There's a whole study about that. Like, yeah, but it gets slimy. Some it depends the, like, on the what it is. Meats. Yeah. The lunch meats. It has a weird smell and it's slimy. Well, you know if it's not. You don't want to eat bad food. If you can but... throw your lunch meat at the wall and every part of it sticks. <laughs> That's a problem. You might need to throw it away. Uh, finally using outdated or worn out electronics that barely work. Majority says that's cheap. Okay. Yeah, that's cheap as hell. If you have a, like a flip phone still. <laughs> hey, they never break. Forecast today, cool, Wait, rainy, mid four. I don't. Uh, mid 60s for the high today. It's 58 at DVE. So we uh, finished up Radiothon this past weekend, and we can't thank you guys enough. Friday during the 8 o'clock hour was one of the most fun hours of radio uh, that we ever have conducted at Radiothon. It's I agree. It started with our friend Colby Armstrong, who uh, who joined us. I don't know why that doesn't want to play, Joe. It just does not want to play there. I'm not exactly sure what's going on here. Joining we go. us right now, uh, Colby Armstrong is here right now. And uh, give Colby a nice round of applause, everybody. Woo! Colby, so nice of you to be here this morning. It's good to be here, buddy. You know, it's good to see you. It is. I always say this, and it must be a, a weird thing uh, hearing your guys' voices. I'm sure you hear this a lot. And then when people actually get to see your faces, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's strange. I will say it's strange, but it's good to be here. Yeah, I mean, Colby's face is no day at the park, but you, you, <laughs> oh, God. it was good to see him. Don't get me wrong. Colby's a beauty. He's the greatest. Are you kidding me? So that put into motion a whole bunch of things. The year before, the Steelers had a an hour-long challenge, and this year we were doing it in, in conjunction with the Penguins Foundation, and Brett Kiesel called in to say, uh, it's not as easy as you think. Keys, what's up? Hey, guys. How you doing? Myself already. What am I defending myself for? Well, because Colby uh, uh, didn't accuse you, he no. wondered if maybe you had used facial hair restoration products like Rogaine on your face to grow your beard. <laughs> beard PEDs. Oh, because his face is so smooth. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this is beautiful it. man. This is a no, beautiful I've never man right to here. Use anything. I just started shaving when I was about ten. So. <laughs> so Dan Keys will bet Colby that if the Penguins hour out 
drew the Steelers from the year before that Kiesel would attend a hockey practice coached by Colby and vice versa if they were unable, unable to surpass what the Steelers were able to raise the year before, then Colby would have to put on the pads and do a football practice with Kiesel. <laughs> so that was what was at stake for those two. High stakes. So Colby started calling in favors to try and get people to... Uh, you know, call in and throw some uh, incentives on the pile. And the first call we got was from the superstar, Max Talbot. <laughs> All he's playing still over in Russia. Hi, yep, I... this is Max Talbot speaking. Hey! Oh! Max Talbot, oh, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, Talbot? Wait a minute. Max, aren't you in Russia? Yeah, I'm directly from Moscow right now. Wow. wow. How are you guys? Doing great, buddy. How are you? Um, I'm awesome. Just finished off practice here. Uh, we were in Siberia last night, so life's good. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, how many years have you been over there now, Max? You, you, you know, you, you've it's, been over there, I think, two, and then you signed an extension or something, or three years? Yeah, it's my third season right now, so it's, yeah. it's pretty good. Cool. I changed team this uh, this summer, and now uh, we, we live in Moscow, and... Uh, Still grinding, you know, still uh, still doing what I love, so I'm pretty well, fortunate. So he called in. He threw a, a signed jersey on the pile for us, and he gave us 50 pieces of arena glass from the 2009 Cup run. And that then, Sydney had sent over there, and then he had them sent back here. <laughs> and then Hall of Famer. Trotz gives us a call. And I'm sorry, let me plug your phone in here. Let's see if it... Oh, started ringing right away. It's a, it's a finicky phone. I love the Mike Lambert tone I put on there for the pies. Okay, hold on a second. Hello, DVE Radiothon. Who's this? Good morning, guys. Brian Trotche. Whoa! Oh, What's up, man? How are you? Well, I just listened to my man, Max. He was awesome. Throwing junk into the pile here. This is awesome. We were, yeah, we were Max always he was good at throwing his stars. junk in the pile, wasn't he? <laughs> I know. You guys got rock stars calling in. Max, big rock star. Brett Kissel, big rock star. Love them both. <laughs> yeah. Trots yeah, is a beauty. And then, I, you know, I was holding Colby's phone. And I didn't realize that I, I had uh, turned it off. And so we got a message. Yeah, you sat on I it. I sat on it. And I, I screwed up. So we got a message that we played back. Hey, guys. Hello? Hey, it's Matt Murray. Well, uh, anyway, if you get this message, I wanted to let you know the broadcast <laughs> sounds great and you're doing an awesome job for Children's Hospital. <laughs> I want to lend a hand to the guys and offer up one of my signed jerseys for this massive rock star prize pool. I hope it helps. Call me back, Colby. <laughs> that was very natural and, it and was. yeah, complete, completely authentic. Uh, so Matt Murray <laughs> joined us for that hour, and then Big Ben heard what was going on, and uh, he actually thought it'd be funny to see Kiesel on skates. And there's somebody not on the Mario phone, on the regular DVE phone, joining us right now. DVE, who's this? Hey, we got good morning, Ben Roethlisberger here. Hey! Yeah, Ben ladies and gentlemen, ben. quarterback Big Ben. Yes, Ben, what's going on? Not a whole lot. Hey, listen, I've been listening to what's going on, and, uh, you know, I know that there's a challenge that's been issued, and typically I would be like, all right, Steeler Nation, let's go. Let's show the Penguin fans and the faithful what we can do. That being said, <laughs> I and Brett Diesel is obviously one of my dearest friends. I want him to be on Hockey Skates. <laughs> yes, you do, Ben. So I, yeah. asking, I am asking Penguin Nation and even Steeler Nation, let's go. Let's find a way to help Kobe get... Brett Keys on skate.
<laughs> so <laughs> he threw in a $5,000 donation, a signed pair of game cleats. Pretty cool stuff there. And then Brian Dumlin had called in. This is Brian Dumlin. Hey! What's up, Duma? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing great. Good, buddy. You just getting up, stretching those long legs, those big, long gazelle legs of yours, <laughs> getting ready to head into camp. I appreciate you, you calling in. How you right feeling? Now. You are? You're driving in? Good. Yeah, I'm driving in right now. Yeah, feeling pretty good. It's, uh, it's good to be back in Pittsburgh. It's good to, to have some games coming up at home tomorrow. Put your seatbelt on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Click it or ticket, bro. So that resulted in one of the highest grossing hours that we've ever had on Radiothon. And uh, add to that the fact that Sid was trying to call in and just couldn't free himself up, so he felt bad and gave us his luxury suite to auction off for a game. That resulted in one of the biggest 9 o'clock hours that we ever had, thanks to Sidney Crosby. Amazing. Billy Gardell called morning. in from Los Angeles in the nine hour. Let's, uh, you know, we got our own. We don't have the Mario phone, but we got the DV phone. And uh, our friend Billy Gardell is calling us from Los Angeles, California right Billy! now. What's up, Bill? How you Good doing? Good morning, family. You guys are rocking and rolling, man. Just unbelievable uh, work as always. This is, this is, uh, I, 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 I end up in tears uh, listening every year. And, uh, and I'm so, so proud of you guys. I love you all. You know that. Um, I'm calling to chip in in my little way. I would like to donate $2,000 to the car. Hey. Oh, Billy Gardell. Hey, guys. Thank you so much, man. So then uh, the mayor, Sean Casey, calls in uh, right after that, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just wants to make sure that he uh, goes one step further. Let's go to the DVE uh, lines right now. We have a special Another guest caller. joining us right now, the one and only the mayor, Sean Casey, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. What's up, Case? Look at this. Casey, you there? Is the uh, is the Bluetooth in the Tesla not working? Yeah, dude, take it out of your ear, would you? I, no, seriously. I heard Gardell gave two grand. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. I want to give twenty five hundred because I want. Oh, to give Dude, you did. You gave him the Bob Parker. You get $2,001. <laughs> the results of the two days of fundraising at Children's Hospital with DVE's listeners, $852,539. A brand new record. And we couldn't be more thrilled with that. Thank you guys so much. Uh, it is always amazing to us. We can tell. How many people tune out from DVE during the Radiothon broadcast? Which, you know, I understand people are like, you know what? I just kind of want to hear music. Right. Uh, it it's is heavy. It, but, but almost nobody leaves. I mean, the listeners look forward to hearing those stories. It is really a, a privilege to be a part of uh, what happens in those 48 hours. And thanks to everybody that makes it possible. Too many to thank right now, but uh, we'll be doing that throughout the course of the morning. Tim Benz, we want to thank for filling in for Mike Pursuta. He has sports when we come back. Lev Bell continues to lead without showing up. And uh, the sock puppet for Adisa Bakari, Maurice Jones-Drew, has spoken yet again. Mon about Lev Bell, so we'll oh. give you an update there. Monday night football, Steelers, Bucks, all the action starts at 4 o'clock on your radio home of the Steelers, DVE.com. DVE Sports. Tim Benz filling in with your sports this morning. Mike Pursuta in Tampa for tonight's Monday night game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, Tim, the news yesterday was not about What's going to happen on the field? More off the field stuff with Lev Bell. Yeah, it just continues to be the story that will not end. It doesn't end because he won't report as of yet anyway. Sports brought to you by Blackish on My 22. And 
Uh, I found these quotes from the Rich Eisen Show. And as we all know by now, the guy who's basically become the Sarah Huckabee Sanders of the Lev Bell situation is Maurice Jones-Drew. He is yes. the spokesperson for Adisa Bakari. Basically, that's what he is. He's an NFL Network analyst. You guys have Damashek on all the time. All the time, yes. And he did a podcast with Damashek recently. They got some attention. And again, speaking on behalf of the agent's point of view with this whole thing with Bell. And he kind of did it again on Friday with Rich Eisen. Uh, this is what he had to say about whether or not he will report, I'm talking about Lev Bell, before the deadline hits for that Week 11 game to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know when he's going to come back. I really don't. And, and I, I, I've tried to pry it out of my agent. He won't, he won't spill the beans. But he has um, to show up. But he, yeah, he will show up. Yeah, he'll, he'll he ha- I mean, at some point for the business part of this right. to get where he wants to go exactly. for complete freedom, he will be he will be playing for the Pittsburgh by, Steelers by week eleven for sure. He has yeah. to show up by then to be ordered yeah. in order to be a free agent for next year. Do you think they'd be three and zero if he started the season? I think they would be three and zero if their kicker could make a field goal. Do you <laughs> think that the Steelers would be three and zero if Le'Veon Bell was active and on the team and paid Ooh. and happy? Oh yeah, yeah. I think they would. It would be a different. It'd be a different game if Le'Veon was on the field and everyone was happy. Because, again, the answer in Pittsburgh that people say is he doesn't play defense. Mahomes still would have carved him up. They, they didn't play defense last year, and they went 13-3, and right? I mean, their defense was okay. Shazier did some good things, but they still were able to make runs. The locker room, this is something for everyone to understand, too. Football is played in the locker room. Oh, no, it's played on the field. All right, and 13-3 and three with a bad defense. They were the number 5 defense in the league, despite being terrible since Shazier was gone. I mean, look, they had a bend but don't break sort of philosophy that they've been employing for years now uh, seemingly but they were not terrible until after the Shazier injury right and the Shazier injury happened and the stats started to get skewed and he's still not back and it's been a bad run ever since then it, it would be 3 and I'll be 2 and 0 at this point they haven't played yet unless they're assuming right. a win against Tampa but when he says that you know I do think that Bell on the field has been missed more than what people are giving it credit for because there is so much attention on the defense and what they haven't done to no stop doubt. other teams but you know he doesn't fumble Connor fumbled against Cleveland. He gets you first downs, too. Yeah, and the other thing is, do they intentionally stay away from the run game as much as they obviously did on Sunday last week against the Chiefs if Le'Veon Bell is there? Like The forgotten part about how bad that game was from the defense is they tied the game at 28-28. Like, do they, if it's Lev Bell back there and not James Connor, do they stay away from the run, or do they not throw the ball to the running back? If it's Lev Bell, no, he's probably more Time of involved. possession is a lot different. Yes. Uh, you know, you held onto the ball a lot longer. Right. You wear down the defenses. And, yeah, sure. there's two drives that were bad at the start of the game that were punts right away. Is that the case if Lev Bell is there? Probably not. I don't think anybody who's really thinking about it would say they don't miss Lev Bell. But it's can you get by with James Conner? And the answer is yes if the defense is not terrible. Bad news there is the defense, defense is terrible. terrible. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Now, here's what Maurice Jones-Drew said. This is revealing, all right? Now, he was talking to Eisen about kind of a different matter there, about reporting and so forth, and they got into the contract and what was turned down by Lev Bell. The Steelers are offering Le'Veon $19 million guaranteed. That's... I don't think that's a, a real good number when you see David Johnson sign a three, and they were signing a four or five year deal with that, where David Johnson well, signed no, a three year deal for thirty, and then Todd signs a forty five million dollar good. Like, is it that becomes what we call disrespect? Okay, but 
This is also kind of interesting because wasn't it floated out there by Bakari's side that it was only $10 million? It's mm-hmm. so like this is this is a lot closer to what I'd been saying the whole time. Is it, maybe it wasn't $33 million ironclad guaranteed from the Steelers when they put that number out there through the media, but it sure as hell wasn't going to be just $10 million either like Bakari floated out there. And now you're getting this guy from Bakari's side saying it's 19. Now we're getting closer to what the real number probably was. Mm-hmm. And if it's 19 million guaranteed, not 10, based on the way the Steelers do their contracts, I bet you it's a hell of a lot closer to 33 than it was to 10. Because even though it's not guaranteed the way they set up their contracts, if you cut a guy after two years, it'd be so onerous against the cap, they're virtual guarantees anyway. And I think that's why there's so much angst in the locker room towards Bell from guys like Pouncey and Foster and DeCastro. And they didn't say it, but you know probably Hayward and it. They've signed deals with the Steelers. They know how they're structured. Even though it's not guaranteed in the language that he wants, they're, he's going to get his money. Like, At what point are you saying no to a fair contract? And I think that's where a lot of the angst comes from. Well, he's got an injury that people don't even talk about. I mean, how many... Uh, he had one or two knee surgeries. He had one, but like... It's not a good scenario, though. He's not, like, coming in on a 21-year-old knee that has, you know, never seen any real damage. That one hit, that thing, you could be done. So I understand wanting some guaranteed money from that perspective. But in that same vein, that means that the team is going to invest a little bit less than you. You have to be willing to bend. Jeremy Fowler had the piece yesterday where he talked to, you know, an unnamed NFL executive. You know, and that it may have been somebody friendly to the Steelers, for all I know. But it was an active... NFL exec who said Lev Bell is crazy to not take what the Steelers offered him. Right, because nobody's going to give him what he's talking about. He's not going to get 45. Part of the reason Gurley got 45 is he's a couple years younger than Bell and doesn't have to tread off the tires. Right. And right. I, I think in, in his heart of hearts, Bakari knows that. I think he knows that he's not going to get what Gurley got. But I also think that he was bluffing the whole time. I think part of the reason he changed. Remember when on July the 17th, when he signed, where he got slapped with the tag, Bakari came out and said he's going to have the best statistical season of his life. And the reason he said that was because he thought that Bell had to earn the $40 million contract right. he was seeking. When he sees somebody else get it, oh, well, now the precedent's set. Now he doesn't have to show up. I think that she, I think he, he had his own bluff called against him by somebody else. And and now it's like, oh, okay, well, the money is out there. Somebody give it to Gurley. Somebody else will give it to Lev. Now, I don't think he really felt that initially. I really don't. I don't know. But sometime between then and now, Lev turned into DJ Khaled, and he's like, <laughs> heavy dude floating around on a jet ski. A zebra cake? I'll have another one. <laughs> Quick break. And we're going to come back. One. More on tonight's game. Benzie, hang in here. Yeah. We're going to do a little tail of the tape. Steelers and the Buccaneers tonight, Monday Night Football. Uh, it's the DV Morning Show. Before we go through Monday Night Football, uh, tail of the tape here, so to speak, I, I just want to <laughs> make note. Netflix has a great documentary on Quincy Jones. I highly recommend recommend you watch it because there's all kinds of great stuff about his unparalleled music career. He was responsible for so much of, of modern what modern music has become uh, and played with all of the greats. You know, he arranged for Frank Sinatra. Imagine. Everything, all the way up through Michael Jack. You know, he basically created Michael Jackson's solo career, or at least the foundation for it. Um, but when you watch it, the only thing I took away was the entire time he talks about how how often he got laid, and then he has a, then he has a stroke, or, 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 or then he you know then he then he's like I got over that, and then I did this eight billion record selling thing, and the ladies started rolling in, and then he has like four kids, and then he has a blood clot, 
And then he, he always comes out of these like medical things. And he's like, no more vodka for me. <laughs> I am done. And they're like, you have to get healthy, Quincy. He's like, I know. And then he goes and produces the Oscars, the color purple, wins, you know, like all these awards and everything. And then he's like, and the ladies came. <laughs> he has a hundred kids. He, is, he has like these Christmas parties. They're like, they have to rent out a convention center to get everybody into the place. He's the uh, most successful guy ever. I got to see this. Oh, it's, it's, it's. What's it called? Pony Tang? <laughs> <laughs> Could he help Lev Bell's next rap album? That's he, the big question. I don't think no. anybody can help that. No, but it's great. I mean, if you're a fan of jazz or, or pop music or just traditional everything, I mean, there's a little bit of everything. His career is uh, pretty awesome. But it was just funny to me. He just he would have this thing where he thought he was going to die. He'd come back, have a billion records sold, and then he'd ruin his whatever marriage he was in by sleeping with everybody. One of his wives is like, like they're like, well, what happened? She's like, well, I mean, there was so much infidelity. <laughs> Copious <laughs> infidelity. <laughs> Just so much. I mean, it was, was like first a, wife? Rampant, a little rampant bit. Rampant infidelity. <laughs> yeah, his first wife. It was like his high school sweetheart. And then she's like, well, you know, he was working at night. and It's just so much infidelity. And I was so never much. allowed to go. Which indicates she had, a, you know, an acceptable amount. Yeah. She's like, you know, if it was a little bit, that'd be fine. <laughs> I mean, but, it's Quincy Jones. But she's like, there was so much the infidelity got in the red, and there is the problem. <laughs> Tonight, the Steelers take on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it could be bad. We could be in the red. If for the 2018 season. So much if, passing yardage. Uh, <laughs> so much. <laughs> so much. This could be bad for the Steelers. 0-2-1 start to this season would not be good, particularly with the off-the-field drama they've had with one guy who's not here and one guy who they need to be at his best who is here. Antonio Brown, hopefully, if the Lev Bell saga did anything this weekend, it was take a little of the spotlight and the pressure off of Antonio Brown, and he can concentrate on getting back on the field tonight and being a B. Yeah, pressure that was brought on by himself, though, wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. I mean, all this yes. stuff about the world is, you know, sp shining too big of a spotlight on me. Well, they don't show up in a helicopter then. Yeah. Don't show up in a Rolls Royce right. then. You know, like, right. all this stuff about you guys are paying attention. I would love to not pay attention to Antonio Brown for one week. Give me the chance to not pay attention to oh, you. Oh, boy. Self-made distractions. Yes. That's what it is. So let's, uh, Tim Benz uh, filling in for Mike Pursuta. Mike will be on the broadcast this evening uh, live from Tampa Bay with Jerry Dulac and Bob Labriola. And, of course, they, uh, they will uh, hand it over to the triumvirate of broadcasting and Bill Hillgrove, Tunch, Ilkin, and Craig Woofly. By the way, uh, they had a uh, Steelers party down in Tampa at O'Brien's. I saw, I saw that. that. 2,000 people showed up. I yeah, mean, that, that, play, that place is absolutely nuts. Yeah. I went there when the Steelers were in the Super Bowl in Tampa. Who? That, that place is crazy. Rock was there. Lamar Woodley. Woodley. Yeah. Somebody else. San Antonio Holmes. Yeah. All right. Pretty cool. Yeah. He I had a pretty memorable catch down there. They should uh, just keep doing that. Like every time they go on the road, just find well, the Steeler bars and have yeah. these huge broadcasts and parties. And stuff. I think those are big because the Steelers fans who aren't in Pittsburgh aren't quite as burned out on all of the Lev right. Bell. They're not at ground zero. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. They're a little <laughs> yeah. bit removed. So if you see a story that you don't want that comes across the internet, you can just you don't have to click on it. Yeah, you can keep it at an arm's length and just worry about football. But we are so immersed in it here. We are embedded here. Yeah, but I mean the other thing about that is. You know, f to trot out the Steelers 
in front of those people out there like Rocky Blyer and Santonio Holmes like you were talking about. For them, th- I mean, that is just amazing. Just to see them is enough of an attraction. Oh, just right. to go and just, sure. just to pay tribute. And like, here, you can run into Rocky at the Panera. Sure. <laughs> right, yes, absolutely. Santonio's a giant eagle. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I saw Lynn Swan at the Market District. <laughs> I swear to God. Hey, look, there's Santonio Holmes. Let me throw my turkey and cheese at him and see if he catches it in toe taps at the same time. Uh, I missed it, but he was like, come back to me. Next play, come back to me. (laughs) So I threw the apple at him instead. (laughs) Defensively, uh, and Steelers not in a good situation. They do get Joe Hayden back, though, right? Right. Joe Hayden's coming back, but the question is, uh, how healthy is the hamstring? What are they going to do at the other corner? Because they're talking about having Cody Sensabaugh play. Sensabaugh was ready to be cut at one point in training camp. Now, all of a sudden, he's starting in front of Artie Burns, and he was supplanting Cam Sutton in the middle of the last game against Tyree Kill. And what are they going to do also defensively pre-snap as well? Because that's where most of the confusion seems to be coming in. they got yeah. 300-pound defensive linemen running the width of the field to try to get off the field before the snap comes. They've got mass substitutions coming in based on what the other formation is going to be from the other team. And, you know, running two defenses and one defense, as has been talked about, yeah. two de- Neither defense is any good. Now you're going to run two bad defenses at the same time? Reversible jackets never work. (laughs) Uh, We need the general math version of this defense, whatever that is. The communication that Morgan Burnett was supposed to be so good at, I think he's still learning it before he communicates to everybody else, and he's hurt now too anyway. That's what he's communicating. Guys, I am hurt. My hamstring is really, really tender. All right, we're on the same page. I pulled a hammy. uh, What's Tampa's D like? Last week we had a pretty... Pretty uh, softy in, in uh, Kansas. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, well, the full game, and that sucks. It's like, is it the whiskey? What is it? All right. So the the, the defense. <laughs> Not a soft D, right? I mean, these guys are coming in turgid. <laughs> Positively tremescent. Um, the Tampa D, soft against the pass. There you go. A okay. little bit more uh, stout against the run. Okay, so yeah. we can throw against them. Yeah, they have 306 yards per game in the first two games, but that might be because, well, one was Drew Brees and they were trying to catch up. Uh, that has a lot to do with it. It's just kind of garbage mm-hmm. passing yards to catch back up again. But uh, their front is good. Uh, Vita Vea, their rookie defensive lineman, is not going to play again. Jason Pierre-Paul isn't what he used to be, literally, with all the fingers missing. <laughs> he's actually, <laughs> yes, he's deteriorating. It's I not can't just put t- my finger on it, but he is different. Um, the front is okay. They've got a good run and hit linebackers. Quan Alexander is a good. Like, they've got athleticism in the front seven. Vernon Hargraves, uh, Grimes, he's banged up. Conti, the safety, he's banged up. Hamstrings aplenty there, and they're secondary too. All right, uh, Fitzpatrick, AFC or NFC Offensive Player of the Week, two weeks in a row. Right, but very little running game. Yeah, they don't. Ha- they've only tried to run as much as they need to to keep the opponent o- uh, honest. Two point seven yards per carry. Whereas they've got two really good wide receivers in Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans. I hate to call Mike Evans a possession receiver because he's better than that. Right. But he's big. He's a huge target. He can get downfield. Deshaun Jackson is the over the top guy. Deshaun Jackson's the big play guy. He's got twenty three touchdowns over. Uh, 20 yards now, I think, in his career, or 50 yards now, excuse me, in his career. That's tied with Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, all time. And he came out with a quote this week, I don't know if you saw it, where he said that they've got to keep riding the hot hand of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, you know, how do you think Jameis Winston feels hearing that? Well, what if they win now? Like, what if they win again? 
They can't go back to Jameis next week, can no. they? No. I mean, this is At the last week of his suspension. And I don't think they would want to. And the thing about it is you know Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to come up dry eventually. You know at some point or another he's just going to have one of these games where he has four turnovers. Hopefully it's tonight against the Steelers. But if it isn't, you still can go back to the franchise quarterback at one point or another because this whole Fitzmagic thing isn't going to last forever. It's sort of good. it's like Tommy Maddox. You know, at some point, Tommy Maddox, that magic was going to run out. It's a shorter version this year with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So they'll be throwing garbage on Ryan Fitzpatrick's lawn very soon. <laughs> right. Mike yeah. Pursuta is live in Tampa Bay while well, he's asleep. So Tim Benz is filling in. But he is going to pull the all-nighter, do the game tonight, fly back with the team, and roll in here in the morning, which is Yikes. unbelievable. And then, uh, well, our producer did that last night. Joe Rikiki went down Who to... Who did uh, you see? He went down to see... The Growlers. The, the Growlers, growlers in, uh, at the 930 Club in D.C. And then you did the all-nighter. You drove back from D.C. and came in and produced the show this morning? That's correct. Crazy. See, God, I miss being You're able to do stuff man. like that. He's also wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes. We should point that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's feeling it this morning. We got Jerry Dulac coming up at 815. Uh, more on the Lev Bell situation. I really think that this is all still just posturing. I don't think there's anything. What's What are the Steelers going to get for Lev Bell? What can they possibly get? It has to be a team that he agrees to go to. What, a third rounder? Better than that. Yeah, the the best that they can get in return for him would this point would be a second rounder, I would think, because everybody knows that the only other thing that they're going to get is a third rounder. So if you're that desperate to get him... You're not going to overpay to just make the Steelers happy to give him to you. Do you get a second? Do you give a second round pick for a guy whose future you do not control? If you're the Packers and maybe. you need a running back, yeah, yeah, maybe. And he gets in shape. You know, the, the getting in shape thing because right now you're already he's two weeks, three weeks away from being in football shape. Haven't seen a workout video in a while. So you're already oh, six he games look, in. He speaking of soft, <laughs> he yeah. looks. More Flaccid. than the D's soft there. <laughs> All right. Val's got your news coming up when we come back. We're going to talk about the top movie trilogies in history. Bella Luna in Murraysville. That's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. 250 Bud Light, 20 ounce straps during all Steeler games. Bella Luna in Murraysville, your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Hey. The gym I have has a, a steam room, but uh, I'm pretty sure it hasn't been cleaned since Myron Cope was in there. Yeah. In, this, in the late, late 70s, disease. you're going to get it. Yeah, definitely getting Legionnaire's disease in that thing. I don't. I, I had a bad experience at a steam room once, and I, I just won't go back. It was like, like Bob Airy? Uh, kind of. Like John Travolta yeah. was in there. Going, it was like hey, I couldn't hey, see anything, and then when I could, it was just all the Junk. guys were naked in there. And I was like, oh, <laughs> God. I'm trying to picture Myron in a steam room. <laughs> what sort just, of toxins were getting sweated out there? Uh, just half like, of it was steam, half of it was cigarette smoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you shouldn't smoke in here, Myron. I think that kind of crosses out the effects. Wow, sure is steamy in here. That's not steam. That's <laughs> it's smoke. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Monday Night Football, the Steelers and the Buccaneers in 815 kickoff. We start our coverage at 4 o'clock here on your radio home of the Steelers, DVE and Mike Pursuit is down there with the crew right now. Tim Benz filling in for Mike this morning here in the studios in Green Tree. We'll have Jerry Dulac, his broadcasting partner, on the radio network of the Pittsburgh Steelers coming up at 8.15. Val's got a a news update for us right now, though. What's going on? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Eight degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by CBS Television. One out of every three students says they were bullied last year. A new report from the nonprofit Youth Truth found that that is an 
increase from the previous year when a quarter reported bullying. The report found middle school students more likely to report bullying than high school kids. The reason for bullying varied with appearances being the top cause followed by sexual orientation and race. I'm going to have a hard time dealing with that as a parent mm-hmm. because I'm going to want to have the, I'm going to have to fight the urge to put my football jersey on and go down to the school and just yeah. be lurking in the bushes when the when the school lets out and and I don't think that's going to be acceptable. No, probably not. Uh-uh. That's not going to be a healthy response. Not going to fly. Do you think your daughters will tell you? I hope so. I mean, they're they're making a huge emphasis of it, and there's a lot of counselors that the kids are encouraged to go talk to if there's any kind of problem. And there's been a few problems, you know, just because girls in the fifth grade have some issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they they're already clicking up and Chatty. making each other feel bad. That's this is such a tough time to navigate these waters. I. I honestly, because there's a difference between bullying and like figuring out social, not pecking order, but like, you know, the way dynamics, the way you relate with one another. Yes. And the Mm -hmm. only experience that I have to draw on is, you know, growing up with a sister who was so close to me in age, she would come home once a week and be like, I, you know, that girl that was my best friend and that I had over all those times. I I don't like her. I I hate her now. (laughs) And I'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to skip over that. I'm still going to be friends with her because next week you're going to be friends with her again. She'd be like, I can't believe you would do this to me. Sure enough, one week later, the girl's back at our house. Uh, yeah, there you go. But like, so, there are real issues with real dangerous bullying. Yeah, and like targeted, repetitive. And it, yeah. it can be hard, I think, for little kids when you're asking them to be the judge of which one crosses the line. Yeah. Because my daughter Emma was like, oh my gosh, I got bullied the other day. And I was like, what happened? She told me. And I was like, yeah, that's not bullying. Right. That's just a kid said no to something you asked him for. But if, all right, if they come to you with it and say, yo, you should. <laughs> Don't with get a steel toed boot. Yeah. Put on a chuck a boot, <laughs> give him one in the knee. I had a kid who, for, uh, I can't remember how long it was, but in eighth grade math class would hit me on top of the head with a book every day. I like when they say, that just means he likes you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why he was doing, he just wanted to concuss you because he liked <laughs> you. That's what the Senate Republicans are going to do this week about Kavanaugh. <laughs> he just liked her. <laughs> he just, guys, duh. Duh. He just liked her. A seafood restaurant in Maine is under investigation for using marijuana to put lobsters at ease before cooking them. Oh, nice. I think that's pretty cool. Customers at Charlotte's legendary Lobster Point in Seawall can request to have their lobster sedated with a drug when they order it. I like it the marinated in the CBD oil. The sea creature <laughs> is then placed in a box with some water and marijuana smoke is blown inside to help calm them down. Oh, no. Smoke. The state health department is currently looking into what effects the drug will have on the lobster's health which does it really matter you're killing it is there a way to anesthetize that thing but without drugging it like uh, like with pot isn't there a way to just like put the lobster to sleep before you boil it so you don't have to well like, that's what I, they're doing here they're, I, they're no, this is just lulling it. it's not it's lulling it it's not well killing I it i don't think that's a good idea because isn't that just going to make the lobster even more paranoid right before it dies 
like hyper aware of the exact situation, why don't you give it a perk 30? <laughs> the restaurant stopped using the sedation method because of the investigation, but the owner says she's confident they'll be able to resume soon. But then again, if you give them something that kills you, them, then you eat that. So I, I guess you don't want anything too toxic. True. You know. Getting them stoned yeah. is hilarious, though. They have, like, 9-11 conspiracies. <laughs> wait, wait, don't put me in yet. <laughs> Steel can't melt. <laughs> Hold on. I got to tell you the backstory to the Little Mermaid. I have the whole story. <laughs> Someone on the Daily Mail recently posted a list of four wardrobe-related mental conditions that aren't serious but could be dictating how you dress, and you might not even realize it. Polychromatic anguish syndrome. This is where you're not confident about which colors go together, so you mostly just stick with the basics like black, white, gray, navy, and beige. Yes. Do you have polychromatic anguish syndrome? That's I always knew it. I felt that. Undiagnosed? Yep. Polychromatic Uh, anguish syndrome? Yes. I Uh, never know what color, like, you know, it's it's (laughs) difficult. It sounded like you were naming all of AB's kids. <laughs> <laughs> Polychromatic anguish syndrome. Come on. Repetitious wardrobe complex. It's probably easy to figure out. You wear the same clothes all the time. I think everyone has that. Mood illustration, yeah. where the outfit outfit you choose demonstrates how you're feeling inside. Like if you're depressed, you might wear sloppy clothes. And it's all subconscious, they say, so you don't even realize you're doing it. I'm feeling a little down. I'm going to go with my sloppy clothes. <laughs> and then finally... I'll go. It's in the sloppy drawer. Mood enhancement, which is kind of the opposite of mood illustration. You wear certain clothes to make yourself feel better. Uh, I definitely have a favorite shirt. Like, I won't... I don't know. Like I don't wear a ton of my shirts. I, I, I have an order that I've been going through all summer, and I, I'm just, I haven't been breaking it. Like, for work. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I have like ten shirts and I've just been rotating them. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I have less than that. Well, you have one winter coat that you wear year round, <laughs> and, and I don't really know what you hoodies. wear underneath that because you're uh, bundled up like the Michelin Man. I think that sometimes when I get dressed in the morning, I'm like, "What's it matter what I wear?" Because I'm going to put my <laughs> right. Mister Rogers sweater <laughs> exactly. on. Yeah. It work anyway. I know. <laughs> I wore gloves your yesterday. Sweaters here. Yes, I keep a, I keep Wait, a rotating stash. You wore gloves yesterday? To walk the dogs. Come on. It was like 50 degrees. I didn't wear them the whole time just till I got warmed up. You like being cold. You, I like, hate it. You. I absolutely hate it. You just want to put I more wish, clothes on. No, I don't. I want to be normal. <laughs> I just want to be normal. I want to be like a real girl. <laughs> Val's like, I want to get drunk without a hangover and not have to wear a down Where? jacket to take day. my dog for a walk in September. <laughs> Maybe there's a link. A link? Between the yes inability to process alcohol and... P- possibly. There's some bad, enzyme. Bad circulation. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe mm. you should just... Get your give circulation up. up. No, not give up. No. Just keep. I have good, uh, good uh, blood pressure, good heart function. You have good genes all together. I mean, you I look. Don't know what the problem You look is. so young. No, I don't. Yes, you do. But thank of, you. That's it's nice. Lack of alcohol, I think <laughs> it is. But yeah. she, yeah, but she should have made up for that with lack of sleep because Val gets <laughs> right. up at three o'clock 
to start knitting an afghan that she's going to wear later in the day once she gets a draft. <laughs> Forecast today, cool, rainy, mid-60s for the high. It's 58 at DVE. Jerry Dulac from the Post-Gazette, also part of the Steeler Broadcasting Network right here on the flagship of the Black and Gold, 102.5 DVE. Jerry joining us live from Tampa. Good morning. What's up, man? How Good are morning. you, Jerry? Good morning, boys and girls. How are we? Well, it's tough to get uh, a hold of what the A story is here, other than the Lev Bell saga continues to lead the news for Steeler fans right now, because I think that was a, a little bit of a surprise to hear yesterday that the, the Steelers were listening to offers. Not sure how much validity or reality is involved in any of this. I think most fans thought this was going to be a chicken game, that Lev was going to blink first, and now nobody's sure what this means well I, I i will tell you this i i, I don't know that he's being shopped uh, the way you might think but i think it's one of those things that you know if somebody calls and says we'll give you three number one picks <laughs> the steelers would listen to to a trade offer for levy and bell to me i think the 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 likeliest scenario in this whole instance and i don't know that this is going to transpire but if Le'Veon Bell shows up in Week 10 or Week 8, whichever it is, and that's the way it's appearing, um, to me, at that point, I believe the Steelers would, you know, kind of tell his agent, you know, you go go look for a deal. Go look for a team that, you know, quietly, of course, go look for a team that you think would be willing to give you something near the money you, you're expecting or, or wanting, and then – and then, you know, they'll decide, the Steelers would decide if, if that's the deal that they would like. Um, otherwise, I don't, I don't know what's to be gained uh, by bringing him in at Week 10 when he hasn't played. Obviously, he's missed not only two training camps in a row, but the first 10 weeks, you see those pictures of him. There's no way that Le'Veon Bell is in football shape. But Bill Cowher excoriated him yesterday on, on uh, the, the uh, pregame show. And so... Um, I, I that's kind of the way I see this thing uh, unfolding at best. So when I when I see Adam Schefter say uh, that they're you know looking to trade him or what, however he phrased it, again I don't think it's actively shopping him, but I think it's somewhere in their mindset, and it's probably somewhere along the line they let it be known. But I, I it's it's just not active at this point. Well, Jerry, when you said you know if a team were to come along and offer them three first round picks, well of course, but. What about one second round pick? Would that be better in their mind? Would that be worth it to give up on the prospect of him coming in for the last six weeks potentially to just get something better than what they would get in the compensatory give back anyway? Yeah, Tim. As as this thing draws out, the longer it goes, the more likely that would be the case too. Just get something better that just like Mark Davis Bryant, they got something right. better than what they used on him to draft. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, because that's better than just. Uh, uh, then having him walk and the best you're going to do is, is, you know, there's no compensatory pick higher than a third round. So, yeah, uh, as the thing plays out. Look, uh, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's market value, you know, his agent did him no favors. He's doing himself no favors. They believe they're going to go out there and get some kind of money. And and uh, the reality is there's always one stupid general manager who will do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the whole, there's not going to be some bidding war for Le'Veon Bell because he's just done too much damage to himself, and so did his agent. So two-time NFC Offensive Player of the Week, back-to-back, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick has to be licking his hairy chops. <laughs> they are hairy. Hey, he has a great beard, you got to admit. No, I know. Well, look, he's got a great arm, too, and the yeah, Steelers' yeah. defense is in shambles, especially in the secondary. How are they going to bounce back from that butt-whipping Mahomes uh, laid on him last week? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny. Uh, the, the way this team is, is um, you know, when you think they're good, they lose, and when you think they're bad, they win. Um, <laughs> I, you, you kind of... Um, you know, you kind of wonder just how long that magic is going to last with uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He has a strong arm. He has great receivers. But, you know, teams will catch on to what they're doing uh, as well. So, um, but, you know, they, they, the, the only thing they're lacking uh, that Kansas City had that they don't have is the running back. Um, but they have three guys with their tight end, uh, you know, the rookie tight end, and then Deshaun Jackson over the top, who's Tyree Kill. In fact, you know, when you look at his career, he's the most dangerous deep receiver uh, in the history of the NFL. And uh, and Mike Evans on the outside, who's just a big body target. Um, so they they can beat you that way. They just they're just not going to scare you with the run, and that's the difference between this team and Kansas City. Steelers, uh, Tampa Bay, eight fifteen kickoff tonight. Well, will Antonio Brown benefit from the spotlight being taken away from him here the last couple of days and refocused on uh, Lev Bell and his situation, or is this going to make him jealous? You know, hey, you guys know what Antonio Brown's like. When you saw him last week, did you think anything's different? Did you think he sounded remorseful or no, he didn't or even no, sound not at all. like he was based in reality? Right. He was the same defiant Antonio Brown. And people said, what do you think? You think he'll learn? I go, absolutely not. I said, he's going to, he's going to be the same old guy. And, uh, you know, um, I, I think, I think part of his problem is that, um, you know, missing all the preseason, I don't think, uh, you know, he's not getting as open as he did, but you know, fellas, the other thing too, and, and Tim and I talked about this last week is that, um, you know, when you look at all the top receivers in the league, their catch percentage, their catches relative to the amount of targets, all around 55, 57% because the top receivers get all the attention and they're just not going to get open as frequently as as some of the other guys. But that being said, Antonio Brown has just been uncanny in his career for his ability to get open and we just haven't seen that yet, but I don't think there's any question it'll don't, you know, that'll that'll happen. I think I think the lack of preseason activity uh, has just slowed that process just a pinch. I think he's hurt. I think he's playing hurt. I thought that answer at the that end of his press conference be. was revealing the whole thing about you just are happy that I have my problems. You don't care what my problems are. You're just happy that I have them. Like that to me sounded like somebody who's you know that was his tacit way of admitting that he's got some sort of problem, and whether it's the hip flexor or the calf from last year. Yeah, Tim. With him, with him, you never know. I I listened to all that, and I just think. That's just more narcissism on his part because it's all it's all about Antonio. And, well, he's a very and, compassionate player, as he likes to say. Yes, very compassionate. Yes, yes. I love when he pulled that one out. I heard that one about four or five years ago on the radio show, and he, he pulled out an oldie but goodie with that one. <laughs> did you ever, I mean, all those years you did the radio show with him, at first, did you try to, like, correct him when he said something like that? Or you, you, know, like, no, you, know what I, you know what I did, I, uh, uh, Randall? I jot the word down because I wanted to keep a. I wanted to have a collection of those now. Is what, the is big, what I did, and then Jerry and D's going to get rich printing the big book of AB Malaprops one day. Right, right. Imagine how thick that volume would be. But that's what I did. But no, because uh, you know it was so frequent that you know what uh, you don't you don't want to embarrass them, and uh, I just I just let it go. But I made sure I wrote every one of those down, so I had them. 
Steelers, Bucks tonight, 8-15, and Ben Roethlisberger needs to have a big night tonight, and that might mean targeting people other than A.B. Juju, Jesse have stepped up. Is Vance McDonald in a place now where he can contribute? This is two years in a row, well, three years now, that the Steelers have relied on a tight end that they brought into town to make a big difference in the offense, and we still rely on Jesse James. I mean, yeah. talk about, I mean, that guy, you know, always a, Bridesmaid, you know, and it's like, and then he ends up, uh, you know, being Sometimes the guy. Sometimes the bridesmaid that, can be the star of the wedding, though. Yeah, Randy. I was just gonna say, he ends up in the honeymoon I, suite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey wasn't even the most productive tight end on the field last week. Right. Jesse Gaines was when you look when you look at his numbers. Yeah, I think fans McDonald gets gets closer every week. I tell you who I think is going to have a bit of a big game this week because you saw him targeted last week. He's he's healthy again, and that's uh, James Washington. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. Going. Time to get yeah, him going so like you, Juju last year at about this yeah, time, so too. when you're looking for other targets, I mean, this guy, he, he really is. He's uncanny. He's a 5'11 guy who can elevate. He makes tough catches. He combat catches. Um, I really like this kid. I think you're going to see him. You saw him on the field, 66 snaps last week. Um, you're going to see him on the field again. And I, I think when you're looking for other targets, to me, he's the most likely, quote, target. Yeah, I would love to see him get going tonight. That relies on uh, Ben trusting him, though. Yeah, and, and I'm, you know, right. And, but that has to do with getting him on the field. And, and so yeah. the fact that he's on the field that much, I think it just lends itself to that. He will trust him because he's reliable. Um, the guy catches, uh, you know, he catches most things, uh, like I said, even in traffic. Um, you know, his first comeback catch in a, in a regular season game will be one more than Martavis Bryant ever had. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a, I, I really like this kid. I, from the first time I saw him in OTAs, uh, you know, there's been nothing about him that I don't like. I think he's going to be very good. Jerry Dulac, part of the broadcasting team that you'll hear tonight as the Steelers and Bucks ramp things up in eight fifteen kickoff, four o'clock. We start the pregame here on your radio home of the Steelers DVE. Jerry, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. All right, boys. Good chatting with you as always. Always a pleasure. The Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back at DVE.com. The grand prize week four, hundred dollar Steelers Pro Shop gift card. Head to dve.com for rules and registration. you got to submit a lineup by 12.55 on Sunday, the 30th. Go to dve.com. Get down with the Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge now. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta. A sports update and a look ahead at tonight's Monday Night Football with the Steelers next on DVE. DVE Sports. So the Ravens win yesterday. Yep. Bengals lose. Mm-hmm. But the Browns... Get their Thursday night victory today. Expected to announce Baker Mayfield is the starter. Just confirm what we already know there. And I want them to build a statue of the guy who grabbed the possum. Like that to me was the big. He was the big American hero from that game. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to have like instead of the dog pound, the possum posse will be there or something like that. So things are looking up in Cleveland. If the, no more playing dead. If the Steelers lose tonight and go 0 2 and 1 to start the season and come back for week four with Sunday night against the Ravens Ooh, at home. Yikes. You will be able to get a ticket. <laughs> yes, you will. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the. Uh, you several, will be probably. able to get a ticket. Look at the Kansas City game. I mean, it was a sellout, but you saw the stadium. Did that look full of you? The east no. end of the stadium was probably 50% full at the start of the third quarter. I mean, it's always sparse to start the second half people are getting their drinks and waiting in line in the bathroom and everything but it was midway through the third quarter and nobody was over there well it was hot it was really hot over there the sun was 
pounding on people on that side of the stadium. But I don't know what it looked like on the west side of the stadium. You know, there's always that excuse of, well, they're in the spires and they're underneath the jumbo yeah. because they built that thing up. And yeah, it is, but not to that degree, not to that level. I still think that, you know, much like the Penguins had this issue, and I think that their, the student rush has helped sort of alleviate a little of this problem for them is that when you price out the, you know, middle class and fan, younger people. And, yeah, and younger people, then you just have a tough time creating that environment with the, uh, you know, a bunch of corporate haves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, the kind of money that you used to think would be going towards luxury seats are now going to seats that are in Section 502. So I, th- I think you're onto something there. They the gotta- thing that you used to pride yourself over, like, yeah, I had a blanket. And, you know, for whatever, I had a flask and I was, man, we made do, it was cold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now people are like, I am not going to be inconvenienced. <laughs> right. Football, my well, entertainment is an inconvenience to me. I am not going to stand for this. And yeah. how much of that is the technological advancements in televisions? Big time. Yeah. Uh, I got like a command people, center at right. the house. I got NFL Network, the Red Zone, showing me all the highlights and the screen in screen or yeah. picture in picture. When I go to the games, I mean, I go to just about every home game, though. It's up in the air. I Sunday nights, those are tough. You know, I used to go to all the Sunday nights and didn't, didn't just leave at halftime, but I'm not even sure I'm going to do that. It, that would be weather dependent. But the thing about it is when you're at the game, you miss so much of what happened. So I usually mm-hmm. have to go home and watch all the highlights again and figure out what penalty happened here. Or did he really step what out play of bounds? This player went out injured. Yeah, exa- yeah. All of that stuff you miss. Football is way easier to watch on television. Hockey, way better to see in person. And to David DeCastro's point, the drama's bigger than the football now, so you're at the game. You didn't see Antonio Brown screaming at Randy Feetner. You're right. at the game. You didn't see Antonio Brown stalking the right. sidelines when it was 28-28. So there's a lot on the line for the Steelers tonight. I have a hard time believing they're going to go three games without a win to start this year, with yeah. or without Lev Bell. See, here's the deal. With them and winning this game against Tampa, this is the kind of game they always win. Monday night, backs against the wall, under time. Tomlin under Cower, regular season. This is the game they always win. So was last Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's the game they always win. Right. Home opener, usually beat the Chiefs yep. after a loss. Feels like you need it bad. Everybody's against you. Yeah. And they didn't win that once. So that's what's got me concerned. I thought they were a 10 and 6 team, but I thought that 10 win team would get three wins in the first three weeks, and already they're 0 1 1. Sean Davis talking about some of the problems on defense. We didn't out scheme ourselves or, or over scheme ourselves. We just got like I said, man, I wish we could run it back, um, but, you know, we can't. Do you think it was missed tackles or something? Man, everything. I said every category for the defense, we was below average, and you can't beat a good team like that. We missed tackles. We we gave up plays, too many penalties. Can't beat a good team like that. And you know what? There's this thing going around now, especially talking about the Kansas City game last week. Well, Patrick Mahomes, look what he just did. You know, he's breaking Peyton Manning's records for the first three games of your starting career. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did it to the Steelers. He'll do it to everybody. Okay, but your Steeler defense is supposed to be better than allowing 45. Just because he puts up 40-something on somebody else doesn't mean your defense is good. You know, if you're going to use that comparison, what are you going to say then? That we should be proud about how they played for 21 points against Terod Taylor? No. I mean, you got to... It doesn't work that way. you got to be better on your own merits. Now, as far as the Lev Bell thing goes, this is what Ian Rappaport said this morning on Good Morning Football. You know, for weeks, Le'Veon Bell stayed away from the Steelers as he continues to partying in, in Miami, uh, in a recording studio. We, we've seen all these videos now jet skiing. Meanwhile, the Steelers have played and teams have called them uh, looking to potentially trade for Le'Veon Bell, and they've shot those down out of hand. 
but I'm told now they are not shooting those down out of hand at this point. Instead, they are simply listening. Now, it's not a dramatic change, but it is a change now just as far as how the Steelers are approaching, which does mean that a trade of Le'Veon Bell is possible. It is, but it's really hard to do. So was this just orchestrated by the Steelers to set up a scenario where they it is reported, hey, they're listening to offers so that these Steelers could then say a little later in the day, hey, turns out nobody wants to date my wife. Sorry. <laughs> it could hey, be that. You can't, sorry, you don't gotta, sweetheart. Sorry, sweetie. Nobody wants you. Maybe hop back on a treadmill. Oh, yeah. Lose a couple of LBs. <laughs> Get off the jet ski. You know what I mean? <laughs> it could be that, or it could be actually trying to drive up a bidding war like hey green bay packers you're in a race in the north looks like you're going to you have some problems at running back hey hey uh, san francisco 49ers your great bounce back season looks like it's shot to hell already what do you, what do you want for Le'Veon bell objectively though i just can't get over the fact that Le'Veon bell is playing this as dumb as he can possibly yes. play it i think he might still get the money you said you think you definitely i i like strongly believe there's a money. dumb enough general manager i believe in that theory why wouldn't you mm-hmm. show there. teams that are going to give you the boatloads of money that you want that you're working out, that you're in shape. Why are you showing them that you're releasing an EP, that you're on a jet ski, that you're in a strip club? Like, why? I just don't business from a business standpoint. Yeah. If the, what you're about is just the money, what this are you help. doing? This doesn't help. And do you guys think for a second, Lev Bell goes into the recording studio or onto that party on the yacht and says, "Hey, everybody, we're here to have a good time, but remember, I'm a professional athlete and I have to test for uh, drug use, so." Please refrain from smoking marijuana when you're around me. Because I already have a couple suspensions, and boy, it could be bad for me if I accidentally inhale a little bit. What's that over there? Oh, that. Oh, that. <clears throat> that looks. De- That's what I'm smelling? Oh. That's de- Why don't you pass that? All right, look, after this. All right. This is Check that, it out. That's the last one. This is the last one. This is so good. <laughs> Who had this? <laughs> and the munchies lead to the LBs, and there you there you got the picture of him in the life jacket. I guarantee you he's smoking tons of pot. Well, that's the, you know, there's one theory out there that he's only going to report until he knows his system is clean. I don't know if I buy that. I guess that. I can't guarantee it, but I mean, boy, the... I mean, the odds are definitely pretty high. <laughs> set up. We know he Just likes like it. Just like he is. <laughs> you know. Probably. This is what Schefter had to say about the uh, X's and O's of executing a deal. It's not a simple thing to pull yeah. off. But the fact that you're listening, we'll see. And look, anytime there are running back injuries, that always factors in. Remember, the Raiders weren't looking for a quarterback, and then they lost their quarterback, Jason Campbell. They traded for Carson Palmer the next day. My question would be, would they listen inside the division? Usually teams don't listen inside the division. But say the Cleveland Browns came calling. No. Mm. Would they Would they listen to the Cleveland no. Browns? No, they would not. The table? I would think that they would. Shut and up. The Browns have the cap space <laughs> to make something happen. But Carlos Hyde has been playing well. They have Nick Chubb, who they drafted. But they have Todd Haley. 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 The Raiders, they have an extra number one pick. They do, but they would only have to give up a second rounder, and they play the Raiders later in the season. Jay Racker from Sports Talk 620 WDAE AM Tampa joins us when we return in our Know Your Enemy segment. I just, I think the Steelers, it'd be hard to fault them for thinking things would go this way. It'd be right. hard for, it'd be hard to fault them. For thinking, well, we're gonna he he won't be happy about this, and we we're we're not gonna see him at camp. Worst case scenario, he has uh, you know hissy fit and stays out a week. 
There's no way they could have envisioned or be faulted for not envisioning that he. Well, they were would lied pull to. This. I mean, like you, yeah. you can you can fault them for thinking that Idisa Bakari was going to be sincere with them, but based on what they saw last year, right, and his public they statements, that, that right, was there was be no the reason to disbelieve that they would go in a different direction after what they had seen. The yeah. evidence suggested that they were going to do what they said they were going to do. Jay Recker joins us in our Know Your Enemy segment next. Steelers Bucks tonight, Monday Night Football. We start the pregame at four thirty for the eight fifteen kickoff here on your home of the Steelers DV. It is the DVE Morning Show, your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, one hundred two point five DVE. The pregame for tonight's kickoff. Down in Tampa starts at 4.30 here on the flagship. Joining us right now from 620 WDAE in Tampa, it's Jay Retcher. Jay, good morning. How are you, man? Good morning to my iHeart brethren up in the Steel City. All I right. Got- I didn't know you were iHeart. Right on. I, I would you yeah, know, man. I would have had the code or the handshake, whatever the hell we're supposed to do. I don't know. We have to, we have to speak in clicks and tongues. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, look, um, th- this game tonight, I did not envision the Steelers coming into this uh, with a chance of going 0-2-1 winless and you having the quarterback being the NFC Offensive Player of the Week two weeks in a row. And it's not Jameis Winston. It's it's been incredible, man. I know a lot of people looked at this start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they said, "Hey, this is actually the hardest start any team has ever had for the first three games of a season." And I know a lot of people in the Tampa Bay area were like, "Oh, I went three. We're destined for it." I was actually one of the few people that thought they'd go two and zero with over the Saints and Eagles. I thought they would actually fall to the Steelers tonight um, on Monday Night Football, just with the pageantry and everything. But, yeah, with the Steelers, I know down here a lot of people are still kind of a little befuddled. And I I don't think, even though everybody down here is confident with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Buccaneers, I still think that they're pretty weary uh, with Big Ben and A.B. and Juju and all those guys as well. Well, how come you haven't been able to get uh, any kind of running game going at all? What's up with Ronald Jones? How come he hasn't been able to crack the lineup? That seems to be the, the hot question, uh, not from just outside of Tampa Bay, but inside Tampa Bay. And to be honest with you guys, I think the main thing is that they've been passing the ball too darn well uh, so that every single time that they go to run the ball, they're, they're ahead by a lot. The other team is expecting it. And I know good teams should be able to run the football in situations like that. But you got a guy like Peyton Barber. He's had a couple runs over uh, 9 or 10 yards this year. It's, it's, don't read too much into those numbers and think that the running game uh, really isn't doing its job. I think the way the NFL is now, you're using the pass more to set up the run, and the pass has just been so successful um, for the Buccaneers. And they've had a lot of long touchdowns, too. So you haven't seen uh, a lot of you know runs inside the red zone where you would see more of Peyton Barber and he'd get on the scoreboard. As hard as Ronald Jones go, obviously they invested a high draft pick in him in the second round. But, guys, he doesn't play special teams. He wasn't great at pass blocking in the preseason. He dropped a couple of balls. Yeah, he's got elite breakaway speed, but when you have a guy like Peyton Barber – who came into camp 10, 15 pounds lighter than he was last year, and he's done all of those things. If you look back to the Deshaun Jackson touchdown to start the game last week, it was a great corner blitz that the Eagles called, and Peyton Barber picked it up and gave fifth that time to find G-Jax for the opening score. So Ronald Jones, we always talk about it down here, doing the little things. He's just not doing them, and that's the reason why he hasn't been in the lineup the first two games, and I don't expect him to see him in the lineup tonight either. Steelers are going to try to win this by a shootout, you would think, if they are to beat Tampa. One thing that would help them, the injuries in the secondary. How banged up are Grimes and Conti, really? Well, I'm still kind of waiting on what we're seeing with uh, Conti. It looks like Grimes is going to start tonight, which is kind of a, uh, it's a big boost for them. It's an older guy. Uh, but he's a guy that's he's not the biggest guy, but his athleticism, he jumps right out of the gym. It's incredible uh, how incredible, I mean, how athletic he is. So I think Grimes coming back is a big boost tonight. And they've got a lot of contributions from some of their rookies. Uh, MJ Stewart out of UConn, 
another guy, Carlton Davis out of Auburn, and then a rookie, Jordan Whitehead, as well. So they're getting a lot of contributions from the young guys as well in the secondary. I think it's gonna, it's not going to be an easy matchup tonight, uh, but the addition of Grimes certainly should help. Well, Deshaun Jackson shines on Monday night. I mean, this guy, oh, yeah. he's just incredible on Monday night, and you have to think that Fitzmagic's going to be looking at number 11 quite a bit. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the, the deep threat, and you, I'm sure you guys talk about it as well, uh, one of the more overused phrases in, in the football world is taking the top off the defense. But, you know, when you look back in 30 years, who's going to be the ultimate guy to take the top off the defense? I'm sure you can see probably both guys tonight and Antonio Brown and Deshaun Jackson. But that deep threat that you're seeing from Djax this year wasn't there at all last year. And there's just something going on with, with him and Fitz. Yeah, I was going to say, how much of it? Man. yeah, how much of it is the beard? Yeah, I think that, I think it has everything to do with the beard. It's it's crazy. But guys, if you watch and, and through not through the first two games this year, Djax has gotten the ball thrown to him nine times, and he's caught all nine balls. And I think that's really impressive. And it's not just on those on those nine routes or on those deep balls. It's on those comeback routes on the sideline. And last year, I don't think the Buccaneers did a good enough job of getting him involved on plays that were outside of those deep balls, where he felt like he was part of the passing game. Fitz really seems to put an onus on making sure Djax is. In the in the game plan early and often, and then it's just a it's just so many riches, an embarrassment of riches with him and Mike Evans and Godwin and OJ Howard. It's like who do you double team because somebody else is going to be one on one, and that's going to be a trouble for the defense. What was the fallout of him endorsing Fitzpatrick staying as the quarterback? Anything? You know, it was it was weird because when that came out, it, I didn't think it was such like a, all right. Well, he loves Fitz and he doesn't like Jameis because. I'm I'm a big believer that one of the main reasons why Deshaun Jackson ultimately signed with the Buccaneers when he did come here to Tampa Bay was because of Jameis Winston. So I, I, I didn't take it too much. I know some of the guys in the locker room asked about it, and he kind of brushed it off. So it was it was a real minor story. I, I don't think there was anything that needed to be, you know, you didn't have to read between the lines and kind of figure out what he was saying. Uh, he was just trying to give some props to his uh, – his quarterback that is slowly approaching the age of 40 and uh, who's got a beer that is pretty much one of the more popular stories in the country right now. Well, this this shootout might come down to the kickers on either side of the squad. Is your guy got the yips right now? <laughs> Does the guy have the yips right now? You could have asked me that the last 12 years, and I'd probably <laughs> yes. Uh Chandler Catanzaro, he's missed a couple of kicks here and there. Um, it hasn't reared its ugly head yet, guys, but we've seen the last couple of years whether it be a guy like Nick Folk or the guy that they drafted and uh, they traded up to draft in the second round, Roberto Aguayo. We just don't know, fellas. We haven't had a game close enough where the kickers come into play to really uh, decipher the game. But actually, when you think back to week one against the Saints, he did miss a field goal, and uh, the Saints were able to come back and make it a one-score game. So uh, the Bucs able, were able to avoid it there. Who knows? It's going to be a close one, in my opinion, tonight. Monday Night Football tonight in Tampa. Thanks so much, J.J. Retcher from 620 WDAE in Tampa. Appreciate uh, you making time for us this morning, man. You got it, guys. Have a great rest of the day. All right, we'll see you at 4.30 today. We're going to start the pregame for tonight's 8.15 kickoff. That's right, and I'll be on with uh, Rob King here in studio. Then Dale Lolly joins me for hour number two down in Tampa. Stan Savard's going to sit in with us this hour as we preview tonight's Monday night football game. Uh, don't forget your Bud Light game day, bar, game day bar of the week is Bella Luna in Murraysville. 250 Bud Light, 20-ounce drafts during all Steeler games. Bella Luna, Murraysville. That's your Bud Light game day bar of the week. Eric. The only thing about that, like, puts a little bit of a pin in the idea that, like, walking your dog around is, like, an easy way to meet people is that in my, you know, 20-plus years of being a dog owner, I don't think I ever met anybody 
and like got their name. I know their dog's name. Yeah. Isn't it kind of hard to flirt too when you're holding a bag of poop? <laughs> <laughs> Just that might be attractive it. though, because at least then you know they clean up after their dog. Oh yeah, that would immediately be somebody like just leaving. Not cleaning it up. Crap on the uh, sidewalk. Forget it. You're done. Again, I told you that's like that, and people who don't recycle will never know how people who do recycle how low they go in their opinion. Yeah. Like, like, do you guys recycle? No, just throw in the garbage. Like, oh, you <laughs> animal! I bet you guys poop on the street. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, one hundred two point five DVE, and we've got a game tonight, folks. Steeler football. Week three, Stan Savern here for Power Talking Steelers. And uh, Stan, if there's one good thing about the Lev Bell news yesterday, I was uh, uh, saying earlier, it may take the attention away from the Antonio Brown saga enough where he can maybe concentrate on the game tonight and... Uh, you know, or maybe I'm wrong and it'll piss him off because we're not paying attention to him. I don't know. But we need him to be A.B. again. We have to have an explosive offense tonight because this team in Tampa Bay is racking up the yards. Uh, the first two weeks of the NFL season, they've been outstanding. It doesn't get any easier for this beleaguered defense. No, but I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm not totally bought into Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm not totally bought in that... Ryan Fitz magic won't turn into Ryan Fitz tragic. He always has. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I just, I, I, they have weapons. That's the thing. They do have weapons. Uh, but I'm, I'm just not convinced that the, this team and that quarterback uh, can continue at this pace. In fact, I bet that, that they won't. I think we all wonder uh, after a couple of weeks and make it, it's definitive now. There's no question about. Well, there's a lot of questions, you know, yet to be answered. You know, when you stop and look at, you know, some of the teams and what happened yesterday, which by and large benefited the Steelers to a great degree. Um, I, I don't know that the the volume of work we've seen thus far uh, enables us to write a definitive chapter, and that includes the Steelers. Uh, I do think they'll have to score points tonight. Frankly, a bigger concern uh, is not a B. It's the offensive line. I was going to ask you that next. Yeah. That's, that's an issue. Uh, it's clearly an issue, uh, especially Matt Filer, because we don't have a big file on him, pardon the pun, and especially at tackle. Uh, Marcus Gilbert's hurt again. Marcus Gilbert, and I'm not debating whether he's hurt or not, He's. I looked it up last year, and I'm not even counting the four-game suspension that he got. He has been unavailable for over 25% of the game's he was able to play during his career. That's a lot. That's a lot to not be available. Yeah. Like someone once said, the greatest ability is availability. <laughs> uh, so they have to go with Filer. Uh, I've been saying this since the first game of the year against Cleveland. They have got to develop a third weapon in the pass game. A.B. and Juju, great. But A.B.'s seen this before. He's going to see it again until they develop that third right weapon um that's where martavis even his presence on the field not that they shouldn't have gotten rid of him i'm not suggesting that uh, but that's where james washington's got to step up or one of the tight ends we saw jesse james do it vance mcdonald's now been back a week vance darius pardon me vance darius <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah um uh, they need that third weapon in the pass game because 
James Conner can catch the ball, but he's still not Le'Veon Bell. But even with Le'Veon Bell, you need that third weapon, whether it's a tight end, whether it's the third wide receiver. That's going to take... If it doesn't take some of the pressure off Le'Veon Bell, it gives you another weapon. They can't cover everybody. And that's the one thing. The most disappointing thing to me about A.B. is you understand who he is, you understand what he is. But the thing that annoyed me the most uh, is the fact that when he is double-covered, He's actually benefiting the team. Do you think yes. Juju gets 13 catches for 100 and whatever it was if they're single covering A.B. or if, if Jesse James gets 150 yards receiving? If Even if he's not catching as many balls as he'd like, he's helping the team. But that's not enough. Uh, well, yeah, I look. For he's got to help them directly for him for his own ego. Right, and I, I do think that he wants to win. I think there are some people who think that he's only concerned about the stats. I believe this about great players in all sports. They honestly believe that if they get the ball, if they have the ball, they will help you win. I think he knows his stats, but I also think there's a genuine belief. Guys like that play with a swagger. Michael Jordan wanted the ball. Give me the ball and I'll win the game. LeBron, give me the ball, I'll win the game. Antonio, get me the ball, I'll win the game. Now, I do think that's a priority for them, along with the other stuff. But it, it bothers me that he doesn't understand that he can help them win a game without catching 15 balls for 200 yards. But then when the quarterback runs all the way across the field and dives across the pylon, and you're a guy who made celebrating touchdowns seem like they were more important than scoring them a couple years ago, mm-hmm. don't sulk and pout over to the Absolutely. sideline. Go celebrate with the rest of your team and at least be into it now that your team has gotten back into the game itself in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. I want to I see the Steelers' offense do two things. I want to see them start fast for once, and I want to see them take care of the ball. I'm sick of seeing this team go down 21 points or 14 points early in a game and then just continue to turn the ball over throughout the game. Well, obviously the Cleveland game, I mean, they gave that one away um, without question. Uh, Was it six turnovers? Uh, Six. Six, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't have that problem really against Kansas City, but they couldn't stop anybody. Uh, I'm still not convinced that the story of this team has been written. We knew the defense wasn't going to be very good. Uh, We thought it might be better than last year. I know that's not saying much, but when you have to rely, even in today's football, um, if you have to rely on your offense to outscore everybody week after week after week to win, you're just not going to do it. You'll find out that with Kansas City, too. Kansas City has big issues on defense, but thus far they've been able to camouflage that. Uh, When the weather gets colder, um, they're not going to score 45 points a game, and neither will the Steelers. Stan, how is the secondary going to learn to communicate better in just one week? The thing that I thought was a positive in the Cleveland game was that yeah, they got beat, uh, the Josh Gordon catch for the touchdown, which tied the game and that sort of thing. But there weren't people running free in the mm. secondary, like skipping through the meadow. Holly, holly, oxen free, I'm wide open. Or it was like the color purple when Whippy Goldberg met her sister, you know, running through the lilac. You know, that's, that's what the Steelers secondary was like. Uh, but that changed against Kansas City. Not to make excuses, I do think not having Joe Hayden there was a factor not only individually, but I do think he's a glue pattern back there. Uh, How about Artie third-degree burns? 
he's a problem. The mere fact that it's likely that he won't start tonight, Ugh. and they had to br- they had to bring in Cody Sensiball last week, that tells you a great deal. He's not improving, and what's worse, he's regressing. As Tim said earlier this morning, they were going to cut Sensiball. Yeah, he was in the bubble mid-camp. Yeah, yeah. Because of all the other defensive backs that they had in, they weren't sure it was going to be Barry or who was it going to be, how we're going to associate all these defensive backs with the way we're incorporating the safeties. And next thing you know, it's him on Tyreek Hill in the middle of the third quarter. Well, you know, Cam Sutton was supposed to be the jack of all trades that was supposed to you know help out at safety, help out a corner. He's had two games to play corner, and already he's being bummed for sensible. Yeah. I, I, I hope it wasn't because uh, Sutton got beat by Josh Gordon in the Cleveland game. I mean, it was a heck of a throw. Uh, it really was, and a you know, great catch by, by Gordon. Um, but we, we knew that they were going to be weak there. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, too, again, not to make excuses, but without Hayden, where are you going to throw the ball? Steelers 8:15 kickoff tonight. We're going to start the action at 4:30 with Tim Benz and Dale Lolly and Rob King, and then he'll hand it off to Mike Pursuta and uh, Jerry Dulac and Bob Labriola before ultimately ceding to the triumvirate of Steeler Broadcasting. Bill Hillgrove in his 25th year, and Wolf will be on the pirate ship. We imagine for the entirety of the pregame <laughs> show, he will be in the cannon. Broadcast- they blow off a cannon during the games. What the hell? Speaking of Wolf, how about I went back to Syracuse this weekend and saw him on the Wall of Fame at Syracuse, the broadcasting wall. Yeah, the broadcasting wall <laughs> wow. of fame. That's got to be a pretty well populated. Well, wall I'm of fame. on it, so you know. There you go. What? All right. So, were what's you your... inducted this weekend? Is that what? You're no, no. I was, uh, no this, this is a big, big list of people in the media, and there's four or five people from Pittsburgh, and Wolf is there as the Steelers sideline broadcaster. Nice. So. Stan, uh, what's your take on the Lev Bell uh, situation? The news from yesterday. Who floated that? What is it all posturing? Who's who's controlling this uh, narrative of what's going on there? Well, I mean, I would imagine that there have been calls. Uh, there's always calls going both ways. Hey, would you be interested? Hey, what would it take, Kevin? To uh, it's it's going to be a very difficult deal to pull off uh, because really Bell holds the cards. He has to agree to sign his tender before they can trade him. Um, he, he looks like he's been eating tenders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Extra breaded. Extra crispy. Tons of ranch. Uh, well, he's working it all off by going jet skiing or whatever it is he's doing. Oh, man. Um, it, it's, a, it's a difficult deal because he's got to agree to it. Um, the only incentive for him is, A, money. That doesn't seem to be an issue because he knows he's going to make it all up. Although, I, I, when you pass up on $14 million, uh, I don't care what contract you get, you're never going to make that up. You're running no. from behind. You're never going to make that what up. What is he doing? But let's remember something. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that and, I mean, he made 12 and a half last year. I mean, if I gave wrote you a check, all right, take the taxes out. I don't know what it is. So he gave, I write you a check for $8 million. Um, are you in tomorrow morning? Well, maybe you are because, you know, you like what you do. But, I mean, the point is, is that that's not going to be uh, of immediate concern to him. Uh, the only thing that he's got to do, he has got to get in his six games so he can accrue this season to become a totally unrestricted free agent. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Even let, Let's just say he sits out the entire season and the Steelers still hold that tag over him. They're going to rescind him. 
They're not going to go through that again. Oh, no, he knows They'll that. let him go, and he's going to be, one way or the other, he's going to be, in a, because the Steelers are not going to go through this again. But he knows that. If he stays out the whole season, it's because he knows they won't want to deal with him again, and he's just going to figure, all right, well, I, you know, Save I was year willing to forego this year, and uh, I'll, I'll make up for it in the second contract. You know, Tim's been making the point all morning that there's always a GM that's stupid enough to, to float an over- a price contract for him overvalue him i boy i don't know i think that this tactic and his social media posts and what we've seen from him is working against him i think Big the, time. I, I think the line of people who would have been willing to talk about levy on bell is getting shorter and shorter well i think it's a push-pull uh, I think it depends on when the holdout ends. The longer it goes, the less option he has to play this year. There's going to be less interest uh, in playing him this year. Because let's say he waits until the very last minute. So he's got six games left. He hasn't played a down of football since January. How, how effective he's going to be? Now, the, the pull, the push-pull in all that is, is that right now there are very few teams who are – 12 million under the uh, the cap. Right. Cleveland's one of them. There are about three or four Cleveland's not interested in him. Uh, you know, where's uh, Green Bay? Cuz they're the ones that logistically would make sense in terms yeah, of I, I where don't they can know trade what their cap situation them needing a running back. I don't know what their cap situation is. Um but but in other words, the the longer it goes, the less you have to pay him, the less that hurts your cap, right? Because the more games he misses, the level shrinks by 850000 a game. So if he comes back and there's eight games to play, you owe him about seven as opposed to now where you'd owe him about 12. So that, but, but the longer it goes, yeah, the cap goes up, but there's going to be shrinking interest among teams. And if Green Bay's sitting there, let's say, for example, Green Bay um, is sitting there at two and five, you know, do you really want to expend that kind of money? I want him to go to Tampa Bay after tonight so that he can be in uniform to play against the Bengals and the Ravens <laughs> in two weeks. Well, sorry, four weeks. Four weeks. More to come with Stan Savern. A power hour of Steeler talk here as we get set for tonight's Monday night matchup between the Steelers and the Bucks. A special thanks to all of you listeners for helping us achieve the highest Radiothon total to date, $852,000 raised on behalf of the kids at Children's Hospital I was listening to that. You guys did a great job with that. you did. I've done a lot of that with uh, WEI up in Boston for uh, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, and uh, you guys did a great job with that. Well, we appreciate it, but it was all the listeners. That's Le'Veon Bell's salary for a week. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You guys raised one week of Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) Thank you for doing that. The kids are the ones that benefited, and it just says so much about the DVE audience, and uh, the city of Pittsburgh, and we could not be more proud to be a part of that yearly tradition. Thanks a lot. Quick break. We'll come back. Ben's leads us through another sportscast. Sportscast, getting ready for tonight's Monday night football matchup for the DVE Sports. All right, Stan Savard's hanging out with us here for a power hour of Steelers talking, ready for Monday night football. Tim Ben's filling in for Mike Pursuta with a sports update. Tim. It's brought to you by CBS Television, talking at great length about the Lev Bell situation throughout the course of the day. If you missed the uh, news over the weekend, the Steelers allegedly, according to Adam Schefter and now Ian Rappaport, listening to offers for other teams to try to trade for Le'Veon Bell. Joe Thomas was on the Rich Eisen show on Friday, and this is what he had to say about Lev Bell's status. 
I think it's going to get uglier before it, it gets prettier because, truthfully, he's going to have to show up, like you mentioned. I mean, he needs to get his credited season to be able to get to free agency at the end of the season. But when he does show up, I don't think he's going to be invested. I don't think he's going to be all in. He's not going to want to take those hits. He's not going to want to lower that shoulder and deliver the boom like he's known for. And I think you might see one of these mysterious ankle injuries once he shows up because a lot of times that's what the guys play is. They know they have to be there. They don't want to be there, but they're going to show up and do the bare minimum, and you're really not going to get the same Le'Veon Bell as you have in years past. That's something I've been predicting for a long time now, that if he does end up showing up and they do have to dress him, it will be one carry and, oh, Doc, my arm! You know, like one of those situations. Something non-diagnosed. You mean like he did in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots? <laughs> yeah, something Ooh, like that. When he yeah. didn't want to hurt himself because he thought he was getting a big contract with another team following that game? Something to that effect? Just yes. saying. Yeah, it's- <laughs> I don't know about the hernia of that game or whatever the case may have been, but you know, in a game like that, you you make your legend on that. You know, if you beat the Patriots, if he jaked it there, that would be criminal. But you know, uh, they, they remember they said they said at the end of that season that he was injured going into the Dolphins. And he Chiefs ran game. for 155 yards the game before that yep. and did not incre- did not significantly injure it. He tweaked it on like the third play. But they didn't treat him for anything different after that. He never went on to get surgery. He never, like, there's... Yeah, but why would Tomlin open himself up to the speculation that he screwed with the injury report? What do you, no, he was injured, but he was playing injured. My my point is, he didn't get any more injured against the Patriots in that AFC Championship game than he already was. I mean, he definitely tweaked it, but he could have still played. I... What do you I, think? I, I'm... Uh, I'm just saying. I I've heard rumors that he pulled out. That yeah, he jaked. That, you know, it was it hurt him more, but it was not like an increase of the injury. You remember anybody doing that? Like just flat out faking an injury? He in didn't. Fa- it doesn't fake. You I mean you can, you know? Just, no, no. I'm saying to what Joe Thomas said. Oh, like, okay. That, would have you ever doing the Rodney? Yeah, exactly. I mean, not that I'm aware of. No. Uh, you know, who knows? You know, we don't know everything that goes on. I mean, not that I'm aware of. I mean, some guys will play contract. Notwithstanding, some guys will play with injuries. Other guys wouldn't. I remember Barry Foster uh, was a very good running back around here, held the season, uh, single-season rushing record, I think 1,690 yards. Uh, but when it came time to play, he just the slightest thing. He, he just wasn't able to go. Uh, guys have different levels of pain tolerance. Uh, I've always thought, you know, Bell competed hard. I never had an objection to that. But... His agent let the cat out of the bag when he said, you know, our concern is to stay as healthy as possible so that when we do become unrestricted free agents, then I will have saved. Because they know, and frankly, they're right. If Bell Bell were to show up tomorrow, the Steelers would run him till the wheels came off, knowing full well, (laughs) we don't give a damn what happens to him next year. And that's what he was afraid of. And, you know, Willie Willie Parker is proof that they they do (laughs) that. And the the same thing would be true of any team 
that would trade for him now. And it's not just running him till the wheels fall off. It's the amount of carries that you get to set yourself up for the cataclysmic hit. Like, you know, Willie Parker, as an example, that wasn't a wear and tear thing. He broke his leg. He broke his leg. Reggie Nelson, that wasn't a wear and tear thing. He ran into his leg, Le'Veon Bell's leg. Vontez Burfecht, that injury that he sustained on that tackle, that was not wear and tear. That was a twist on the sideline when he was going out of bounds for a tackle. So it's just the amount of touches you get, you're upping your chance of the cataclysmic injury just like you are the wear and tear and the tread coming off the tire. But they're not it, asking for your charity. I mean, they're going to give you $14 million. That's the to, quid pro quo. You know. that's. But the $14.5 million represents a small, if you will, amount of money to him over a contract that may go for three, four years at who knows how much money. And he wants to maximize his opportunities to make as much as possible. I mean, that is the quid pro quo. We're paying you more than double any running back in the NFL before the Gurley contract, um, and this is what you're going to have to do uh, to get that money. But ultimately, the running back, if he's not concerned about winning and helping his teammates, then he holds all the cards. Because who's to say that his ankle doesn't hurt him or his hamstring isn't? tweaked. Mm-hmm. Then there's tonight's game as they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as Randy pointed out, 4.30 on DVE that's when the pregame show starts. Rob King and I and then Dale Lolly before we hand things over to the network broadcast crew. One big question how do the Steelers slow down the passing game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Ryan Fitzpatrick thrown to the likes of Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, starts with Mike Evans uh, first rounder, big big X receiver type uh, makes good combat catches Physical in the run game. He's got a very complete game. Physicality is an element of his play. Uh, he's, he's big, but he also plays big. Deshaun Jackson can take the top off. Um, he has always been a big play guy. Man, he's probably 10 years in or so now. This guy has been uh, at the forefront of that area with guys like Mike Wallace and others, man, since he's been in the league. Um, he's always capable of doing that. I know the Steelers usually play sides when it comes to their cornerbacks. I don't think Hayden can run with Jackson, and I don't think Sensabaugh is big enough for Mike Evans. And they've also got Godwin, who can play in the slot, and that's going to be a tough matchup for Mike Hilton as well. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, they do have weapons. Uh, they, one of the big issues about last week's game was they got no pressure whatsoever on Patrick Mahomes. Now, part of that is he gets the ball out quickly. Um, but it's always the case. Uh, coverage and pressure work hand in hand. If you pressure, it forces him, you know, to go release the ball more quickly. Mm-hmm. Doesn't give a chance to survey the entire field. By the same token, if you cover better, then that gives the line or linebackers time to get to him. Um, I mean, they're they're formidable, but I'm sorry, I'm not sold on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm not taking away from the numbers he's gotten, but. How many guys can do what he's done on a consistent basis? He's never done it in the past. You know, clock strikes midnight if the game lasts that long, and he'll there'll be a pumpkin at quarterback. <laughs> Cinderella's <laughs> awfully ugly with a beard like that. Too. Yeah, <laughs> Cinderella doesn't wear Deshaun Jackson's clothes too often. Deshaun Jackson didn't we rely on Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw an interception against the Jets to? get us into the playoffs a couple of years ago or do I have it backwards? Well, are you thinking of the Stevie Thompson game, Stevie Johnson game where he dropped the ball? Because Fitzpatrick's 0-5 against the Steelers. Yes, you're right about that. The, the, it was the game... Um, it got us into the playoffs. Yeah, Jesse yeah. James was just yeah. talking about that. 2015 where they beat the Browns they didn't think they would get in anyway, but then they, yeah. the Jets lost on the last weekend. Um, yeah, that's what... It, or the Jets won. The, no, the Jets lost. That's what it was. The Jets he lost. He was playing for the Jets. He was playing for the Jets yeah. back then. The game that I remember Fitzpatrick actually playing well enough to beat the Steelers was Stevie Johnson 
God cursed my hands. You remember that? Yes. <laughs> we dropped the, the sure touchdown pass. He beat Ike for a score in the end, and he just Which bounced. was, you know, to his credit, one of the few times, uh, a rare moment when God was blamed for something instead of just thanked. You know, nobody... <laughs> nobody it's refreshing. Not enough blaming God in, uh, in the NFL. A couple other notes here just real quickly uh, for the rest of the sports. Uh, besides the Steelers directly, it was the Ravens beating uh, Denver yesterday while the Bengals lost to the Carolina Panthers, so they're two and one on top of the division each. Uh, the Penguins played a preseason game. They lost 3-2 to two to the Detroit Red Wings. They've got one more preseason game at home against Buffalo coming up on Wednesday. And then uh, the Pirates lost 13-6. to six. Stan, have you ever seen a three-run wild pitch before in your broadcasting career? Never have. From Michael Feliz. By the way, I said but Nova. I'm, My mistake was Michael Feliz. Feliz. But I'm really glad they did it for the home fans because that's not something you, <laughs> right. you want to do in, in, you know, in... in Chicago or something. You, you want know, to share that with a season ticket holder. Right. Give the fans a treat. <laughs> yeah. Here's what we're going to do. And we know it's the last home game of the season, so we're going to give out stuff, but we're also going to treat you with a three-run wild pitch so you can tell your grandchildren about it. It's Fan Appreciation Day. There you go. And well, they appreciate this. They appreciated Jordy Mercer and Josh Harrison off the field when they were taken out in the ninth inning so they could get applause and I love Jamison Tyon's line in Gene Collier's piece over the weekend about I'm getting a little bit tired of pitching and being able to hear my own stat cast being announced by the radio broadcast crew on the concourse. Uh, yeah, all right, I tell you what. Well, that is going to thrust Bob Nutting into action. Once he heard that, he is going to make sure those radios are turned down. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to do anything about the attendance, but... Turn down the radio. And then uh, lastly, six seconds here from Tiger Woods on winning the Tour Championship. Flying tonight with the guys, it's, it's going to be fun. You go in drinks? You, we're we're going to, well, I think we're all going to sleep well. Ambient well, Tiger? Jeez yeah. <laughs> Louise. Oh, I mean, talk about it. Not anywhere he wanted it. You oh, might as well ask him, like, going to go eat some pancakes? Right. I mean, <laughs> going to go to Perkins? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, he wins the Tour Championship, first win since 2013. Yes, uh, the guy who has like three DUIs. You going to go get loaded? Huh? <laughs> At sports. You know, you know Tiger, he hates to pull out the driver. Yeah. Uh, no what? soft D there. No, no. He That crowd behind <laughs> that him crowd was, was nuts. That was like the student section was going to take the goalpost down. Was that you saying that that's a problem for golf yeah, earlier? Well, yeah, it's, it's I the greatest thing that, that's the greatest thing to happen to golf, and it's the worst thing to happen to golf because it was great that there's interest now again, but it's also proof that he's the only guy that can do that. Yeah, it looked like Jordan Spieth. And I mean, people follow him around, and they're intrigued by him. Um, and he's he's got some personality. Ricky Fowler's got some personality. Roy Kepka's Mack- got the game, though. Like, don't yeah. you want the guy who can hit the ball a country mile to be the, like, and he's big and, and he's burly. jacked. Yeah, like, have him be the one that takes the crown from Tiger. I agree. But I, when you look at, you know, some of the, you know, you know Dustin Johnson, I mean, they're all great golfers, but they're just kind of, you know, guys out there and, tangerine colored pants right uh, you know and they're they're really indiscernible you know one from the other um you know go back look there were great golfers when arnie took over but it was it was magnetism that that drew people to him it's one of the reasons why people don't remember this unfortunately i'm old enough to remember it jack nicholas was a villain Jack Nicholas was a bad guy because he challenged Arnold Palmer, and at that time Nicholas was heavy. Uh, you know, he wasn't like you know this mm-hmm. dashing figure, um, and he lost weight. But he was a, considered a villain because he challenged Arnold Palmer, uh, and Arnie had this magnetism about him. He had charisma. 
Yeah. If Dustin Johnson and Paulina Gretzky are on the rocks, I want to see Tiger take. I was just gonna, <laughs> just gonna ask. Would you like you, to go for I, a ride in my SUV? <laughs> I knew to steal your girl. <laughs> I knew you would know what that deal is there. What what's happening? I with sur- DJ well, no, I sort of lost track. Uh, two weeks ago, she had removed all of her pictures from Instagram that featured Dustin Johnson, and then I think two days later, seventy-two hours later, they put out a joint statement saying everything was okay, and I don't know where it stands now. I sort of lost track this week. Yeah, you know that thing when a relationship's really good, you guys put out joint statements? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That always means it's going well. Sure. Monday Night Football. More on the mystique of tonight's game. Steelers are doing well, right? It's going well. If they win tonight, they're a half game out of the division lead. They're going to win the division. This just in, though, the Steelers' uh, social media team have removed all pictures on their Instagram account of Le'Veon Bell. (laughs) Monday Night Football! Yeah, there's the uh, the, uh, theme song from Monday Night Football. Hey, does uh, Stan make it into the Tomlin Translator as often as I do? Yeah. He's a, you guys, it, the Tomlin I mean, Translator is obsessed with my height, by the well, way. Well, he picks on you. Yeah, yeah. that's not right. This is that's not, not fair. It's Tomlin. I think it's, it's a glitch. <laughs> yes. I'm going to try to get that out of the system. No, la- yeah, he, he uh, the Tomlin Translator actually talked to Stan a couple weeks ago. With oh, okay. Ben's elbow thing when Stan asked him about the elbow. He said, Stan, <laughs> right. there is nothing wrong with his elbow. <laughs> Stop asking me about it. No, I got, I got a no. Yeah. No, but when we translate, you know, we do a bit here where we translate all of the Tomlin answers through a computer-generated program by a bunch of nerds over at CMU, and it gives you the subtext of everything that Mike Tomlin was saying. Get to so, the truth of it. That, you really need one for Antonio Brown. Uh, That's what you, you guys should have gotten the nerds at CMU. That'll break it. It'll, it'll uh, just fry Catch yeah. fire. Antonio speaks in tongues. <laughs> Monday, uh, <laughs> you're a very compassionate broadcaster, Stan. You're yes, compassionate you about your job. Monday Night Football used to have this aura about it where it was like a holiday, particularly if you're hosting it that night, you know, not just participating in it. If the game was here, it takes on a little different uh, um, meaning, or at least uh, the, the pageantry of it all is a lot greater. But it has lessened considerably through the years, mostly because... I have to be honest with you. It takes me a second to remember where what network it's on. Mm-hmm. Number so one, homogenized now. It used to be. I knew. I I have to think about who the announcers are. So much has been bounced around on Monday Night Football through the years. The addition of Thursday night games. Sunday, Sunday night. night. The Sunday night games. Well, the Sunday night game is now the premier game. Yeah, ESPN the wants to talk game. about you know the history and tradition of Monday Night Football. The truth of the matter is that every, when they went to a Sunday night game, that became the marquee game yep. of the week. Now, it doesn't always turn out that way, but they do generally get better matchups, and it is the game. And ESPN is trying to hold on to its relevance, but it's not. Right. Uh, it's you know They change announced teams and so on and so forth. That's not it. Uh, the product now is so homogenized where there's so many games, primetime games. You know, it used to be that was the only primetime game mm-hmm. of the week, Monday Night Football. Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, the Cosell and Meredith and Gifford thing played into it, but it also uh, was on a broadcast network, uh, and it was the only prime... And something else to consider. When Monday Night Football was in its heyday, all those factors were involved, but for gamblers and their voluminous... 
Monday night was their chance to get even from what happened Sunday and Saturday. Win it all back. And now it's just, again, it's another it's another game. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a pain in the rear end for teams anymore. People still use it. to Gamblers still use it to bail out. They do. Yeah. But it's there are so many. And if so they put many... a game on Tuesday, they would use that to bail out. No, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. And I don't think that that's going to uh, change at all. And I, don't th- I think the NFL has decided that the way they're going to go, uh, you know, with expansion, more primetime games, is uh, something that flies right in the face of what most of their diehard fans want, which was the tradition and repetition and reliability of the schedule. One o'clock and four o'clock games, one special programming game. Now with, you know, the games are all over the place. Sometimes you wake up, you're like, there was a game in London today? I didn't know that. Right. Sunday doesn't feel as special anymore. It does I think that's going back to what we talked about with the Chiefs game and people not being in the seats, whether the tickets were sold or not. Just Sunday doesn't feel as special anymore. Even going, you can even blame Saturday because maybe your your college isn't on TV on Saturday and you don't watch. But now it's hard to not find your college on Saturday. Twenty five games on. So you're burning Saturday too on top of everything. I love Saturday. Yeah, college football is great. Well, they've diluted the the product. I mean, the product on the field itself. Uh, the, these new roughing the quarterback rules oh, are just Clay insane. Matthews thing is unbelievable. Yeah, that Clay Matthews three weeks in a row. And there was another one in the Dallas game, too, number 98. Um, I didn't see that one. Yeah, he comes in and he sacks Russell Wilson, and he does fall on him. Didn't hit him in the head, nowhere close to it. It's a form tackle and 15 yards. And even Troy Aikman, a former quarterback, said, I'm tired of commenting on this. It's so ridiculous. He said, where is the guy supposed to fall? Right. If you hit him head on, I don't mean using your head, but face to face, hit him legally, where are you supposed to fall? And this isn't, like, I'm not saying this from the the standpoint of, oh, put skirts on him, like that sort of thing. No, I'm all in favor of player safety. And I know there's a lot of Neanderthals, you know, sitting out there in their wife beater t-shirts, drinking beers. Uh, That all changed (laughs) for me when I saw a 60 Minutes piece of the great John Mackey sitting in a wheelchair drooling into a cup at the age of 55. And they said, well, he signed up for it. No, he didn't sign up for being lied to about his concussions and told, you're fine, continue to go out there and play. And a league which tried to, they were like the tobacco industry, trying to cover it up and no, that didn't happen. But you, you got to be able to tackle the guy, and if you, you got to be like, able to play, like, yeah, we're my, talking about this from a practicality standpoint. Yeah, see, like that's how what, is he supposed to land? Uh, this is not old man yells at cloud. Okay, this is short man who yells at referees. But my, <laughs> but my <laughs> <laughs> is that your Indian name? Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why do you ask two dogs humping? <laughs> <laughs> Just I'm, make it a different set of rules for the quarterbacks. Like you know, like goalies. Now you can't cross the line of scrimmage. And it's contact with the quarterback, not contact to the ground. Touch him. Because at least it stinks, and I hate that I'm saying this out loud, but at least then I know what the rules are. I don't know what the rules are. I don't want to see a defensive player make a great play and give 15 yards to the offense because some ref decides that one looked like it hurt more than the other one. Aaron Rodgers got thrown to the ground earlier in that game. Mm -hmm. 
The helmet to helmet made all the sense in the world. It, it does to yes. me, but not landing on the quarterback. I realize that quarterbacks are what they're selling, and they're selling offense. You need great quarterbacks to win in this league, but you're not allowed to land on top of the quarterback with your full weight. How about uh, Garoppolo's the one quarterback who got hurt this year, and he didn't have anybody landing on him at all. Oh, he just, right. but boy, Ooh. when you saw his leg plant, Ooh. you just that, that was hit. But, but that's him scrambling across the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you know. I I blame fantasy football for a lot of it. I mean, you know, there's always going to be an element of chicks dig the long ball, offense sells, all of that. But, like, this nonstop focus on fantasy and fantasy points, and you don't get, you know, a ton of points on defense for sacks and stuff like that. It's, I think it's just stupid. We're not, you know, we're losing sight of what the game is supposed to be. It's one thing to protect them, as you said, the headshots. There are ways to do it. Look, James Harrison bitched nonstop about the new rules until he changed his game. And then all of a sudden he was like, ah, I was wrong. I just amended how I play, and it's fine. And now maybe I don't paralyze another guy or give him Alzheimer's when he's 50. But there's plenty of... There's plenty of big hits uh, in the NFL without the helmet to helmet. That made all the sense in the world to me. But one of the things they're trying to do is promote offense because they think, you know, chicks dig the long ball. But by the same token, what they've done, in my view anyway, and why people are watching less is because they're confused by it all. What, well, what is a penalty? What's not a penalty? Um, they feel like it's rigged. Yeah, to you know, to illogically, but they feel like it's rigged. But I mean, there's a pass completion, and you don't know whether it's going to be a pass completion because you have to wait ten seconds to find out. Look, people don't want to sit down on a Thursday night, a Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, or Monday night and take a final exam. As much as you are into your team and its entertainment, people take it seriously. But it, it is it's entertainment, and I don't want to have to. I, I took a lot of final exams. Past some of them, not all. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to watch a game. And I think, really, in trying to get people interest uh, up, they're confusing them and saying, I don't want to put up with this. I don't know what survive the ground is. It's backfired. Art Rooney told me, this is after the Jesse James play, he said, we're making it too hard. And he's 100% right. Stan Savern, well... You don't have to worry about where to find the game on the radio. It's right here. 4.30, we start the pregame for tonight's Monday night, 8.15 kickoff. They're going to win. It's Joe Green's birthday today. Oh, nice. Got to win. And 4.30 a.m. is when Stan will finish the postgame show with Charlie. I'm actually not doing the postgame show. Oh, is it Adam? Yeah, a road night games. Oh, that's an Adam's contract, huh? That's an Adam's contract. Well, it's not in mine. I don't <laughs> care about Adam's contract. It's not in mine. I'm part of the warm milk and graham cracker group. So there you go. Now, yeah. next week, I will do the postgame show go. after the home night game. Stan Sabrin, thanks so much. Thanks to Jay Retcher from uh, 620 WDAE Tampa for our Know Your Enemy segment this morning. And thanks to Jerry D for getting up and joining us during the 8 o'clock hour tomorrow. Charlie Batch, Billy Gardell, Gene Steratore for his weekly Zebra Talk segment with us. We have him on every week to talk about the bad calls they made the week prior. And, I mean... Well, one thing we don't have to worry about is that a Steeler defender is going to get a roughing the passer call tonight. No, you have to get close to him to do that. Yeah, Yeah, probably. You have to actually tackle the quarterback. I don't know. Cam Hayward said he would tackle him by the beard if if given the opportunity. 
you're allowed to pull him down by the beard. Sure, Troy got pulled down by Larry Johnson before yeah. on the back side of the hair. Why not the front side of the chin? I right. think that's legal. By the hair of his chinny chin chin. Go for the chin, Stan. Yeah. Whatever it takes. Chin yeah. music. Yeah, tonight. <laughs> Hopefully we're talking about a Steelers win. Stan, how many people you think show up Sunday night against the Ravens if we start 0-2-1? I mean, fans? Yeah. Um, on a Sunday night, 64, 63. Yeah. You might Which be generous is, there. I think you might be well, generous. that'll be the announced attendance yeah, right, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, man. They win tonight their half game out of first. It's Stan said. Let's listen to Stan, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason. Calm down, You can everyone. listen to Stan if you're on the pitcher's mound at PNC Park like Jamison Tyler. <laughs> you stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.